0: Anime is a vast and varied medium, and if you're not already familiar, it can be daunting to find something you might be interested in watching. This is a podcast where three average anime enjoyers introduce their uninitiated co-host to their favorite anime touchstones, so he can join them deep in the weeds. We're talking about FLCL, or DQD, Americanized as Fooly Cooly, a six-episode OVA which aired in Japan in 2000 and on Adult Swim in 2003. It gained a cult following and was widely acclaimed despite its short length. It was shown again in reruns on Toonami in subsequent years. The show is the coming-of-age story of Nauta, a 12-year-old boy whose suburban life is disturbed by the arrival of the mysterious Vespa-riding, bass-guitar-wielding Haruko Haruhara. The series has been noted for its symbolic content, unusual plot, and its experimental nature. The director, Kazuya Tsurumaki, has said that he tried to break the rules of anime while making FLCL. For example, by choosing a contemporary Japanese band to provide the soundtrack, the pillows, the soundtrack is amazing, go listen to it, and patterning the more the style more after a Japanese TV commercial or promotional video, as opposed to typical anime, creating a work that is short but densely packed. Uh, FLCL's localization director and scriptwriter Mark Handler stated that localization of the script was the hardest part of the show. The in jokes in the show included obscure pop culture references that had to be decoded and transferred to English audiences. Tsurumaki responded to criticisms of FLCL, stating comprehension should not be an important factor in FLCL.
1: Oh yeah, that tracks. We watched, no, yeah, the, th-
0: tracks. <laughs> we watched the first three episodes of the 6 Series OVA. Um, so, what'd you think?
2: Um,
3: if yeah. you don't mind, Bob.
0: I want, to,
3: I want to interject real quick. I started to bring this up for the, before the podcast and we, we agree this is probably better to do it here. Have you ever, you know, thought really highly of your understanding or comprehension of something and, or, or being able to at least parse works of media and be able to dissect them and just kind of understand what they're going for? And then you run into something that makes you question your own intelligence.
4: <laughs> because
3: I got I to gotta admit, I, I feel like maybe I know where this is trying to go as a series, because I I will, spoiler, I ended up just shotgunning the whole series because I forgot it was just six parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm still am not 100% sure on what the takeaway was.
0: <laughs> That's funny, because Nick and I had that conversation after we finished the first three, and we decided or at least I did, that I wasn't going to watch the next, the last three before we did the podcast because I wanted to just talk about the first three. Oh, but, I, like, I, I, definitely I appreciate need to that. Watch, I definitely I need even... to rewatch the rest.
3: I had a very similar reaction, but that's where we're different. And mine's like, okay, I just need to see if like there's something here I can discern, and I don't get it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm at a point now entering into this conversation of like, I don't know if I know anything.
2: Now I feel like... Uh, I need to f- watch the next three within the next few days because I feel like it was going somewhere with these three, maybe?
3: Like, I, I have a loose idea, but I feel like there's something I'm blatantly missing and I can't put my finger on it.
5: This show.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't it's think. unique and of itself. Oh, the, I hope.
5: Speaking specifically to the idea of where this show is going and what the takeaway is, I think as an American audience, we are at like a severe disadvantage of just parsing that. Um, because A, so much of what the show is and is doing is made up of like specific cultural Japanese references. Um everything from like the visuals to like social norms um and uh like you know, yes, localizing this, I'm sure is extremely hard because a lot of it like defies it it is it is specific to the original localization um and but even even trying to move all that stuff aside, like this is a show that I have seen. I don't know, a dozen times over the years because I was there, you know, I taped it off air when it originally showed on Toonami. And uh, so, like, I've had the tape of this this whole time and I've watched it, you know, a whole bunch of times. Especially because, you know, I I was the one who provided the tape that was passed around to all my friends, but then every time we just end up watching it together because people love this show. Um, And even watching it this time, I'm still not sure, like what the moral stance and message of the show is trying to be and i oh, have thank god i have not watched the last 3 episodes this time yet um but i remember pieces of it and I basically last night after I finished episode three I and Joe can attest to this I was doing the red string on the wall full of photographs being like okay but is it you know when you look at this piece and this piece and it seems like they're leading to this piece but you have this piece over here that seems to counter that and then but really they're doing all of this in the way that this is together and like this seems like it could have been like a mistake or by happenstance but then you see them do it over here where it seems like brilliant execution and I'm just like.
3: If we don't do it for the final cut of this, Nick, and go ahead and leave this in if we don't, we need you to speed that up just because I think the <laughs> would be great because that's kind of the path I went down to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, um. like, I, I really think we have, like, a coming-of-age story or the idea of it and learning, and the idea of learning to come to age. But I'm not sure I'm right about that.
0: Yeah, like, that, I've seen that... this maybe three times in my life. The first time, I had no idea what was going on, and it was just a bunch of, like, sounds and colors, basically. Mm -hmm. The second time, I was like, oh, okay, there is some sort of story in here. And this time, like, it's weird, like, coming back to it after you see the whole thing, because you start to see, like, there's so many, like, threads that are tangled up, and you start to see, like, which ones are which, like, connected to other things, (laughs) and it starts making a little more sense.
5: Yeah, like. A thing that people say is like a mark of really good like movie or or piece of media or whatever is that there is more to unpack on multiple rewatchings. And I think this show is a touchstone because it has that effect of you pick up something new every time you watch it. But most of the time with a piece of media like that, like, you get a story when you first watch it, and then you pick up more pieces. With this show, it's like, you need to watch it three times before you can make out anything. And to
3: be fair, this is the third, I'm pretty sure this is the third time I've watched it, because I did watch it when it first aired on Toonami. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely far more confused then, because there are references in there I now get that I didn't have the benefit of then. Um, uh, and then I remember watching it at least once in my like very early to mid twenties. I may have tried to watch it or watched it again since then and now, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on this. So this may genuinely be my third time watching it. It's just been incredibly spaced out.
4: Hmm.
2: It's purely
3: confused.
2: Like uh, based purely off of three episodes, uh, not to sound like. That guy or girl you know who just says words and expects you to understand, but for me watching these episodes, my summation is uh allegorical Scott Pilgrim.
5: I can kind of see that. That's there's a lot there's a lot of Scott Pilgrim. So okay, Bob, this this is what I was thinking this whole time, and it's part of why I was so excited to sit down and record today. For this show Okay. Do you actually feel that you can do the sort of step-by-step walkthrough of the episodes that no. you usually do? Okay. No.
2: Okay. Okay. It's more of a summation. It's like, it's a continuation of everything. Uh, it's, you have your protagonist, uh, Noto? Nauta. Noto, mm-hmm. Thank you. I hate you talking names. Uh, and me watching this by the end of the three episodes, I feel like everything we've... And this is my take, so bear with me. Uh, this is me and my view. Uh, watching it, I think everything is allegorical. We're watching it through his eyes. I think there's some hints of robots and such, but everything is just him getting older. and finding his... Uh, Personality, sexuality, isn't that age, which is weird, uh, but with everything that goes on, whether with the ridiculously named character, Mamomo, or... Uh, Mamimi? With... Mamimi, thank you. <laughs> I,
5: I I, did not realize that was her name until this watch.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. Listen, That's his, I... his brother's girlfriend who likes to no. hit on him. Ex-girlfriend?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even sure, was she his girlfriend at all? I just know she has... She liked
2: him because he saved her from the burning school. Yes. I pretty much, with with this episode for myself, I'm going to be talking about everything that happens in all three episodes. Yeah. Because (laughs) it's kind of, it's easier that way to hit all of the beats.
5: Well, I was going to say, like, if I'm the one with, like, the most watches of this show under his belt... Would you like me to do the sort of beat-by-beat? Beat oh yes, step absolutely. Through? Because absolutely. I would
2: then I'll interject where yeah. I feel necessary to bring in my thoughts.
5: Um, because I I think it's it'll be absolutely hilarious just to hear for me to say what happens in a scene and everybody else just goes, oh what? Um, I, I
3: agree. Real quick interjection of one joke. This this is arguably the anime that should have been titled. Everything, everywhere, all at once, because it kind of feels like that's happening all the time.
5: It it does. W- one of my notes uh, is actually that, like, if you've ever watched a Marx Brother movie. Uh, oh, yes. The way that, like, there is, like, a normal movie going on about, like, oh, the mystery or the stolen painting or the, the school needs to not close. Like, there's a normal movie going on. And then the Marx brothers are also there having their own movie in parallel, the way that they like riff on everything and, you know, give people comeuppance, but in this way that doesn't actually affect the main plot, like it is like parallel movies happening in one movie. Um this show is doing that, but with like six parallel ideas, and none of them are the main one. So it's just like
2: I... Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree.
5: Um, but all right, uh, would we like to start talking, starting at episode one, Foolie Cooly? Sure. Absolutely. Um, okay. So, uh, I, I did not take notes for reading this through in, uh, step by step. So if I skip anything, please jump in and let me know. Um, but we start with Naota and Mamimi hanging out, uh, under the bridge, by the the water runoff, um, and we have ba- basically, boy, what do we pick up at this moment? Uh, we know, uh, Mamimi is, uh, oh. I was gonna say a very handsy high school girl, but yeah, basically, um, who is like getting very handsy with Naota. even though, uh she was the girlfriend of his over, older brother who has um, since left for America um, to be on, like, a baseball scholarship because yep. um, I'm pretty sure, like, he, uh, Naota's older brother is, like, American college baseball player now. Uh, Mamimi is a high school girl, and Nauta is a middle school kid. Yep.
2: Um, Especially with... Uh... Cigarette smoke that he had uh, take note of. Yeah,
3: she she's clearly vi- I, my very first takeaway in rewatching this for the first first time in a long time is she's definitely like so many people at that age not having a great time and life's not going the way the direction she maybe had hoped or wanted it to and she's dealing with some kind of upheaval and it's very clear in her behavior the cigarette smoke the displaced affection on her heartthrob's little brother since the actual object of her affection
5: is not present
0: right um yeah bad family life bad home life um she gets bullied at school we find out later and
5: Um and let me
2: state here the way the art is when we get to further scenes it leads into what fooly cooly pretty much is yeah i um, would
3: to that point even say the art when we first start, kind of captures that. As as well done and as clear and visually appealing as it is, her posture, her style, you you very much feel, this is someone who is not happy.
2: Hey, she has a bat, though, and her hands are backwards.
3: Ah, (laughs) Nauta has the bat.
5: Nauta has his brother's bat. True. Um, (laughs) So... It's it's funny that you said that you think everything is allegorical. Like everything, I think is definitely thematic. But I think there is supposed to be an idea that like this is like a semi fantasy story where things are actually happening to him, but everything okay. is sort of symbolic. Um, mm. uh, I think she is like the first of many manic pixie dream girls we will meet during the course of this show.
2: Yeah, I agree.
5: Um, even down to the fact that like she is using the old school film camera and just always has it on her Mm. just because like, like there is, there are so many people I knew in my actual high school experience who were this girl.
0: I was going to say big asterisk here for Nick's interpretation of this show is that he's got a lot of like personal experience in life that like is reflected in the show. So like there's a lot of,
5: oh yeah, um, you remember when we were talking about Agretsuko and specifically the arc about the new kid who just like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and, and we all had that feeling of just like, no, I I resonate too hard with this. I'm uncomfortable now. Like, you remember that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is this entire show to me. Every piece uh-huh. of this show.
3: Let, let me tell you, I, to, to kind of play off that, <clears throat> not to say I have a type apparently, but I, I've, <laughs> I've found three of my first five girlfriends in the show. Yep, <laughs> And they were all at a relatively close age to the character of Momimi, who, if I remember correctly, they said she was 17, I think I was 17, 18, and like, mm-hmm. oh man, does this,
1: oh, this feels real
3: familiar. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I get
5: you. Like, and there is definitely a way that I think that's a real credit to the show in that, like, they have like painted in, in a show that is going to have like space pirate robot fights. They have painted incredibly realistic and resonant characters. Um, they're also just some of the like, most like upsetting to interact with ones that I can ever remember having, uh, interactions with. Uh, but like it, like good execution of uncomfortable concepts, you know? um, like, maybe that's more for me. Uh, and I'm sure I'll point it out every single time. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so that's my Mimi. Uh, and then the next scene is, uh, they're at the vending machine and he puts in the money, but she orders the sour drink. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole thing going on there. But the more important part is that, um,. Wait, am I skipping a, a whole scene at the school? No. Okay. Um, uh, the Vespa woman shows up and just mm-hmm. like literally is blasting down the street, jumps off and hits him in the head with a guitar and kills him. Um,
2: oh nope. nope. he, he he runs into him first, or she runs into him first.
0: Yeah, oh, she she him. and then resuscitates him, and then he says the she key. killed
5: him. Gives him mouth to mouth. And then yes. he's up, and then she hits him with the guitar. Right, right, right. Just, mm. uh. And it, where, where does that scene end?
3: Hold on, consulting notes.
5: Uh huh. Because they Wait, they they have that weird cutaway to like the oh, behind the gee. scenes.
3: Yeah. So, the, the yeah, because they did the slow motion, which yeah,
0: like the I Matrix loved the cutaway <laughs> of
3: the this. Aesthetic of the director's commentary, the cast commentary, stating that a she individually made time slow to make all that happen. While everyone else was just holding their breath, and then on top of that, she hits him like over the head. He gets a bruise. I believe an ambulance is coming. I didn't write this detail down, but essentially, after she sees the bruise, she takes off because she's a little disappointed that she didn't get the result she was hoping for.
5: I think the cops are chasing her cuz there's also the thing where specifically Naota doesn't want to go to the hospital at first mm-hmm.
3: um to be fair it was a it was sirens so it may very well have been cops true uh
5: but yeah this is also this is basically our introduction to Haruko Haruhara, which is i guess fun to say um and she is the second of our manic pixie dream girls like come on come on show you even
2: of all of the characters that are girls, I think, or my point of view, she's probably the cutest.
0: <laughs> Is it the pink hair? It's the eyes, ah uh, yeah,
2: manic and crazy mhm mm-hmm.
3: yeah, every, every mm, I have a type
5: mhm, uh, she's got a vespa. If you're not gonna go with the film camera, you're gonna have like the film ve- the the film vespa the the I, the I vespa would, scooter. I would appreciate not being part
3: more on the podcast. <laughs>
5: uh listen i'm just calling out uh like every friend i had in high school and if you're collateral damage i apologize
3: no it's just making me really really reevaluate some life choices
5: (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah she's just this she just comes in hits him and then leaves and that's pretty much the scene Mm -hmm. um then we there go- was
3: the minor detail, which I think is an important, and I'm going to say later, later beyond the, the episodes we watch of the uh, Momimi handing Naota the drink. Mm-hmm. And I, I know Joe and Nick will absolutely get the, the subtle, and I appreciate it not being overly stated, trope of anime of a girl or a, a person of the opposite gender drinking from or eating from a thing and handing it to the a main character. And then the reaction of the indirect kiss.
5: Yeah, We can, we can go ahead and put this on the vocab list is the indirect kiss.
3: Mm-hmm. It's a thing where typically in romance anime or comedy and gag anime, this will happen to get a rise out of a character because, Culturally, there is a little more of a taboo, from my understanding, than there is in stateside. Hmm.
5: Okay. Or, it's it's not a thing, like, I knew a lot of, like, people in high school who would do this sort of thing very casually, and it's just like, it's something that besties do, but yeah, this is yeah. more of like a, it's like, oh, we, we might as well be married if we're doing that, like, it's a very, <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> for everything... Uh, that we will see in shows that we are not going to be watching this time around. Uh, there's weird, like publicly extremely puritanical stuff going on culturally in Japan.
3: Yeah, for every time, I mean, for every time I see something very regressive here, I'll see something in the in a show or something from another culture, and I'll say, "Huh, I'm surprised it's not that way here." But thank God it's not.
5: Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So. Now we go to the school where all of the friends are like sharing rumors of the Vespa woman who comes over and there's a, there's a <laughs> wordplay about how Vespa means wasp, but Vespa's Vespa is the name, the brand of the bike, that's a, that's a joke that doesn't play in translation. Um,
3: Did she sting you?
5: <laughs> yeah. So, so then they're working with like, like stinging and basically like, cause she, like Nalta isn't basically what they're saying is Nauta isn't the first one that she's hit, uh, of going around town. Um, like she has just been doing this as a spree. It's a lot like oh the... my god, it's
0: for Puma Man. I was about to
5: say it's the opening to Puma Man is what's oh going my god. on with her. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. Oh my god, I, oh,
3: man. I, I love yeah. the idea that she's just been spending her whole day randomly driving by people assaulting them with her Vespa and guitar
2: <laughs> and uh-huh. just
3: driving off into the sunset.
2: I'm sorry I keep giggling cuz I think a little bit further in the scene just hearing uh, because of isn't it uh I figure out nota has the uh, mark. It's <laughs> pervert, pervert. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs>
5: Ichi. <laughs> yeah, so like um, which is, is like like this is one of those like definitely one of those places where it's all like some symbolic because like the mark that she left is the one on his head from where she hit him, but the one that they're all calling him out for is the hickey that Mamimi left on his on his neck. So, but so like, there's already this rumor that it's just like, yeah, no, she leaves a mark on you if you've been like sexually active. Like, if you have cooties, she she comes and hits you with a guitar. Like, all right. Um, but uh, yeah. So like, they're sort of like going like, oh, she found you, didn't you? And they're all making fun of him. Uh, and this is middle school? It is middle school. Um, let's see here. And That's pretty much that scene. Uh. so then we get so there's a thing about the show where um most of the time it is this like six parallel stories nothing but puns and references breakneck pace thing but anytime like naota is on his own it actually like slows down and he has a voiceover and it is when the show is like most parsable uh and we have a weird moment of that i think while he's like walking home uh because he says that's what this is when he's talking about, like no, this is ordinary, everything in this town that happens is ordinary, even that big <laughs> clothing, clothing looking iron. building, yeah, the clothing iron shaped building up on the mountain that just came in, which later steam iron. <laughs> yeah need some steam. that later we will learn has no doors, um like yeah. yeah, even that's ordinary, but he says this weird thing about like the." Being picked on like that, this is not a punishment. This is ordinary. It's not like when I go hang out with Mamimi.
2: It's straight up Linus from Peanuts. Like, just a normal kid. And then suddenly gets this super serious, deep adult conversation. And then back to
5: normal. Yeah, He's very, like, holding Caulfield, I guess. Yeah. Is what I keep thinking of. This idea of just, like, again, the kind of thing that resonated with, like, a lot of people transitioning from middle school to high school and they're taking one step up in the maturity of their literature or whatever. Um, But like, yeah, this idea of just like everyone around me is stupid Um, and you know, everything around here is dumb and I have to put up with it. Like it it is, he's one of those characters and this is where he kind of just tells us and lets us know that, that he's that character. Um,
2: I think we're getting ready to get to the dinner. Okay. Where we go back to, uh, this house.
3: Yeah. yeah. Now it's hold on. Let me consult my notes. Cause we were essentially leave school. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So yeah, essentially he goes home, uh, find he notices, a new like,
5: housekeeper.
3: Yeah. He also knows he has like the protrusion out of his hand that he can push back
5: in. Yeah. So he, he's, he's got this weird horn. He's had a day. He takes a nap when he wakes up from the nap to go to dinner. Uh, we get just the wildest manga-style sequence that is the quickest-paced thing in yeah Jeez,
2: that we... explains what fully Cooley is but not really
0: <laughs> yeah, like, just, this whole section is basically based on the very Japanese um, premise of wordplays and sound-alikes um, and stuff it does not work that well in english but like most of like um haruka's like replies to things are like she's like mishearing words as other words and it's like leading it down a weird continuity of the conversation
5: like they did their damnedest to localize those word plays yeah but but it's also the kind of thing where like if you're not necessarily expecting it and like they don't give anything the chance to rest. So it's just like, OK, no, we're already moving on. What was that? Did anybody get the license plate of that Vespa? You know,
2: <laughs> all, all I gathered is their family is very progressive when it comes to the uh, dating styles of every family member.
0: Uh, yeah, the the adult man and his. So he lives with what his grandpa and his dad.
5: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and they're basically just horny old dudes.
5: <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so all right. What is the plain text version of what happens here? Uh. So. Uh, Haruka is there, uh, and now it's his dad explains. Hey, she's gonna be our live-in maid because she's making it up to a making it up to me because earlier today she hit me with her Vespa, um. So she was just still doing her thing, um, and then I think it, she probably wanted to come because I, I think we did skip over a spot where like she follows him home from school and is, like checking in on him, like something's up with that bruise, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so like she already had like is sniffing out that now to the special protagonist, um, and then they're they're trying to be like, oh, you know now you're living in the under the same roof as a girl please don't get all naughty and Haruko's like oh but she's already he's already naughty with his uh older brother's ex-girlfriend and the dad like the the dad is just reading the worst like oh my son is so sexually active i'm dis- disappointed but also maybe proud i don't know um and <laughs> then in the style of manga yeah and then the grandfather is just there Haruko is the one who asked, what is Fulikuli? And the father is explaining it. And I forget where this explanation comes from, but I remember it being Fulikuli is the onomatopoeia of kneading dough. Yeah. Which also makes sense because I don't know if it's ever explicitly stated, but Naota's family runs a bakery. So that is a very weird, like, close reference for them to be making. Um
2: but I think it's, they kind of explained in episode
5: two. Okay, uh, but like it's kneading dough, but it's also just you know playing with dem titties. Uh, so it's just like okay, so fully coolie is basically hanky panky is it, like the mm-hmm. slangest translation I can think of, um, and. Yeah, and then the dad is just going off on his own tangent about, like, oh, you know, you're going after your older brother's girlfriend, but now you have Haruko. Oh, she gave you mouth-to-mouth. That must be kissing and making out. And now it's just had enough of everyone around him making assumptions and, like, overblowing things happening to him Uh, until he just leaves. That, that scene ends when he just runs out on dinner. <laughs> um, it's a lot it's a lot and it's so fast and when i think about this show being like hard to parse that is the scene i think of because it's just like yeah so and and this is the thing that comes up i think i've talked about this on a a previous podcast but like there are some anime i think i think we talked about this during uh full metal alchemist but like there are some anime based on manga where when, in an anime you have to bake in the timing of stuff but in manga you read at your own pace so you can sort of self-pace that um, and I swear this show has that same sort of feeling of like oh if this was a manga you would be reading this at your own pace and I bet all of this plays way clearer but it's not this was not a manga first this is just what this is <laughs> they
0: did put out a manga like concurrently with it um, but it changed slash focused on different aspects of the story apparently i've never actually read the manga
5: yeah and i I think it was like the what i looked up said the manga was an adaptation of the show even if it was concurrent Mm.
2: um or a book based on a show uh, yeah
0: there were also just novels just straight novels
5: um but yeah so Nalto runs off to his room and then we get this scene between Nauta and Haruko where basically he's explaining like you know my my brother's off in america and you can't sleep in that bunk cuz that's his and like stay away from me anyway i'm not interested in you and um uh like they're 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 kind of having a quiet moment cuz she's also starting to grill him on hey so what's up with that bruise you haven't told me yet um I also don't remember where that scene ends. Holy cow. There's just so much. Um...
0: Also, a lot of scenes just kind of end. Yeah, yeah, they kind
3: of end and bleed into each other rather fall asleep. So let's see. There,
2: Doesn't Momimi come over?
3: No, um, he he actually goes out. Oh, okay. He, he, or he goes downstairs and his dad's downstairs making his zines. Man, that's a phrase I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> yeah Um and then he his dad says, Yeah, Mamimi was by. So he goes looking for Mamimi who has the cigarette that sums up my life. Again, I hate being called out by media that mm-hmm. I'm watching for this. But hold on, I have it here in my notes because it hurt. Let me find it. Okay. Never knows best.
5: <clears throat> uh-huh. And it's written on a cigarette. Ooh. As
3: she's smoking it, I'm like, huh like that's not loaded right there.
5: I I'm pretty sure I know somebody from high school who has this tattooed on their arm.
3: Yeah, actually that's probably my next tattoo.
5: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. That'll be two. Um but but yeah. Okay, so yeah, cuz right. Now Na- now to leaves the conversation with um Haruko because she's grilling him and he's just like I ain't putting up with this. Fine. I'll leave my room. Uh, runs into his dad and something like Mamimi came over to buy bread because her family might be poor. The day old bread.
2: bread. Yeah, the yeah. hard bread.
5: Yeah. And then Naota freaks out and runs out after her and they meet up on the bridge and she does indeed have a bag full of day old bread. And she's like, I don't like it. It's day old. And it's just like, uh, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I think this. I is... mean, I get it. So, like, I'm trying to figure out why, like, Nalita knew that she was upset, and I'm not sure why, and I'm not sure over what. Can anybody, Does anybody, have a take here?
3: So, I don't think they de facto say why. I, I don't recall it because believe me, I had to like pause, rewind, pause, rewind a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, my my intuition here says it's not that she's upset now. Again, going circling back to, she is a girl who is not having a good time. I think, like I said, the departure of Nauta's brother, I think, has wrecked shop on her emotional being
4: mm-hmm.
3: and has affected her worldview. And I, part of me wants to say, yeah, I can believe this Cause I've known people like that. The other part of me wants to say, ah, because anime, um, but somewhere in between there, I can believe this at that age. Cause they say, and I think it's the next episode that she is 17 and he is
5: 12. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: God. Which really makes that very first opening scene really uncomfortable.
5: It's real um, bad. Um, it's so, It's real bad on her part. Even, even, he could have been like
2: 8th grade. Mm -hmm.
3: That's still weird because
2: she's probably junior, senior. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: And, and to, to the credit of the series, series creator and the the, everyone behind the show, he was not into it. Because I I can't tell you how many gag and romance anime, oh, this is perfectly fine and we're playing this as acceptable. Hmm.
5: Yeah, actually, uh, I have some big thoughts about uh, the the secret actual theming of the show being consent, uh, that uh, we can talk about that after the third episode, because episode three has a lot of this going on, too. Yeah, and to
3: to that point, or rather, circling back to the point where we're at, um, I think that she, she is just kind of having a deep depression day. Mm. Because, again, we, we don't really get... A, behind the scenes look at what really her home life is. Right. I'm getting the impression it's not very supportive. It's not very good. And we, throughout these three episodes, we learned she gets bullied
4: Mm
3: -hmm. uh, by her classmates. She's a little different. The person, the person in probably one support and her personal literal hero has left. Mm -hmm. Who also was like the object of her affection. I think she is now dealing personally with moderate, if not severe depression.
5: Oh, absolutely.
3: And um, thus, that's why this is the bad day. She might be functional most days, but I think this is the bad day. And I think most of her reactions are her way of, her flirtations and such are her way of trying to deal with it.
5: Yeah, Because earlier there's a thing where she's like, I have to be handsy, otherwise I'll overflow and... I'm thinking that's just that might be a thing for depression or just overwhelming emotions in whatever vertex the uh, vertex vector. Um, but like, yeah, I, I the day old bread has to be like a, a symbol for the fact that like she's what it's the the like runner up want right? Like she doesn't actually want to she wants the older brother. But like she's trying to cope with it by projecting onto him and like she kind of knows that. And he definitely knows that, but like she has no yeah, idea what else to do. Yeah. I think
0: the, the, the physicality is just her, like just needing physicality and like, yeah. that's kind of the only place she can get it oh, from.
5: I like, she's a honestly, like, I think what she's going through and like looking at her overall as a character, I think she's a really well, uh, well-written kind of character um oh yes the the biggest confusion i have is like what makes now to freak out and run after her does he like realize just from her coming over and dropping off photos that she is having a terrible day and needs support right now like
0: well because earlier she called him to come see the photos and he was like no nah, fuck off
5: yeah
3: i think again this might This might be me reading into it. This might be me making a lot of some, I think part of him in that position, again, probably drawing from way too much other media and other experiences in life. I think part of him resents because I'm sure he realizes he is the fill in for his brother. Mm -hmm. And while he doesn't mind being his brother's successor, he resents that the only way he will have this, any kind of real kind of relationship with her, is with her kind of holding on to the past or desperately clawing at it to get it back. And Hmm. so he treats her in a manner that allows him, unfortunately, to be kind of a prick at times because, no, I don't want to see your stupid photos, but at the same time, he realizes I should have been more supportive. I should have been a good friend. I don't... And he's 12. I don't think someone in that position at that age knows how to handle and navigate that kind of situation at all. Never... Even less to say, well. So, I think that's kind of what we're dealing with is, like, a mixed emotion for him. He doesn't know how to just be a friend.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're they're both missing his brother, and they're the only two that, like, get it, so of course they're going to kind of cling to each other. Yeah
5: like and also he totally resents uh being the successor to his brother like not just as as a member of a relationship but like just in general cuz that's the entire thing of like he he is hanging on to his brother's bat and i don't think we i think i think it doesn't happen till starting in episode 4 but like the catchphrase of the show is you got to swing the bat as like a an allegory for just like s- something Uh, I'll need to watch the last three episodes a few more times before I can have a guess. But like, yeah, there's definitely this thing about like, right now this show is like the, the, his position in life is living in other people's shadows, whether it's, you know, largely his brother, but just like everyone doing stuff around him. Like, like just, like I said, I think it's a show about him being caught up in other people's stuff problems without his consent and like yeah that makes him act like a a selfish prick and you would think like well of course he's like a selfish kind of prick he's 12 years old like that makes sense but like i don't know when you watch every episode and see what he actually has to put up with i think that's fair like i think him being a selfish prick is like kind of like a him vying for you know self-agency in a, a really justified way
3: and I would agree with that. Like I said, I, I know I call him a prick. I don't think it's necessarily his fault that it's there because, looking at his emotional emotional support base, I don't think he has a healthy adult to help no. him manage. As we'll see in these episodes, I don't think he has a healthy adult to help him manage these emotions and figure this out. I I love my parents both, but I I was as much as an introvert as I've become in my older years. As a child, I was very extroverted. I was very talkative, outgoing, just wanted to be part of everything. My parents were very logical. I was very emotional. They weren't really well-equipped to handle that. Mm -hmm. So there was absolutely a lot of head and definitely growing older in those late, I would say mid-teens through mid-twenties, those learning even I would say even still to this day, I'm seeing things i myself that definitely need to be improved. Of, like, maybe I didn't learn the best way to do this or handle this because of those differences. And that's not a fault uh, in the sense of my folks' case. They were who they were. In Nauta's case, though, it's, it's like the galaxy, the universe set him up. It's like, this is your family. Good luck.
5: Yeah, like, it's... Like, I made the Holden Caulfield comparison before, but this show is the wildest case where it it feels like a kid's adventure movie because the 12-year-old is actually the most, like, emotionally balanced and, like, uh, re- rational of everyone in the series and everyone older than him. And, like, that's a kid's movie is when the kids can solve the problem that the adults don't even see. Like, but that's what this show is doing in a weird way. But, like, more stuff that we'll talk about later. Uh, yeah anyway forget all of that now the robot fight starts <laughs> the best part of this show um because so mimi's having her issues and she's like i'm about to overflow and instead of dealing with that uh the horn on nauta's head finally springs forth to fruition and out pops two robots that are currently having like an all-out brawl with each other um What y'all think of this? Yeah.
0: Surprise it's a robot show. Okay, so um
3: um <clears throat> obligatory so he's horny. There I said it, done, it's out. Mm-hmm. Even though for two episodes he has horns. <sighs> um I again, this is where I'm starting to think like I'm missing something. Or I'm I I know there's something here in front of me and I can't get it. Like I'm I'm not seeing the direct correlation, and this is where I'm feeling stupid because this is normally where I would say, ah, I get the symbolism, and I think I get it, but I don't think I get it enough to be sure. I really think what we're dealing with here is like a symbolism of like his internal spirit to a degree. I I know what the story says he is, what the robot is.
0: Yeah, like it. <laughs> this is a story thread that like. Uh, especially in your first watch through it it comes out of nowhere and it's like wait yeah. what the fuck is this and um going back and watching after you know kind of what it is gives a little more context
2: it does explain
0: oh um, yeah, yes it explains
3: it oh um... hey, so allow me to answer this in a way i think that might be helpful and not at all it gives you a, a textual, an in-universe explanation of what this of is.
0: what is going on. Yeah,
3: yeah of what is oh. actually happening. But the Perfect. symbolism is not clearly spelled out. And I think the symbolism can be read a couple of ways, and that's also where I'm starting to stumble.
5: So, sure. all right, here's, here's my hot take. I don't think – I think this is one of the few pieces that isn't symbolic. I think this is the, don't like – I think this is think one... it's
2: just a robot fight.
5: I think that this is one of the like exaggerations for the sake of it's a fantasy show. Is a like it is it is it is only it is not necessarily symbolic, but it is showing the like how extreme but not symbolic the sudden introduction of robots and space stuff is. Is the Comedic exaggeration about the stuff going on in Nautilus' life because, like, he's got this, you know, his older brother's ex-girlfriend who is hanging over him all the time and giving him problems. He's got this weird Vespa girl who's moved into his house and is giving him problems. And he's got friends at school that are always picking on him, giving him problems. And, like, this is just another thing on the pile. Oh, great. Now there are robots in my life and giving me problems. Like, I I think this is, like... I I don't think it worked. Like, you, you can find symbolism there, of course, but I think it actually... Reads best as like no, this is actually just a thing that's happening because it it works extremely well as just like another echo of the the central theme, which is that like Nauta is the whipping boy for everyone else, uh, dealing with their own problems, and yeah, this yeah no go ahead, no, the, go ahead, go ahead. The, say, wait. the space pirate stuff is just another problem that. Now, to is collateral damage for i i I think that is the way that it best works and fits,
3: okay, Nick, I want you to know I think you're right, and I think I've just fallen for a bait because I believe there's a lot of bait in the series for people not pointing mm-hmm. fingers at myself that like to watch <laughs> things and find the meaning or the subtext sure or 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 as we will come to as the second episode especially starts to hit on it, people that may. Really, and I do not consider myself one of those, I, I will not be one of those, I understand, all oh, the meanings of Ava, uh, but definitely the people that are like, I know all the meanings and the symbolism of this, and I can tell you everything and why you're wrong. I feel like you might be right, and this might be the bait for one of those, mm-hmm. because when you say that, and I analyze it from that angle, I'm like, oh my god, this is, this is bait.
5: Uh-huh. No, <laughs> run, like I— like I said, this is what I'm coming to on like my 12th watch through of just like, oh, no, it's not symbolism. It's not about his spirit. It is about this is some other shit he's got to deal with. Like, like, yeah. like looking at it as like a, another parallel theme, I think, is the strongest fit it has to any symbolic connection you could draw.
3: Yeah, I think okay. I think you're right. And I'm I'm so mad I got baited. So,
5: <laughs> yeah, Bob, robots? what, what?
3: robots and fully Cooley?
5: So right. So his dad is a gigantic otaku and he does specifically reference Gundam stuff during that um manga scene. Um, oh yeah, he does. Because he's like talking about Tom like whenever the dad is on screen, there are references to like specific anime culture and like fandom and industry culture, and it's you wanna talk about like that is this is a show for weebs and by weebs. So of course we had to talk about it. Um but 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 yeah. Um, I don't know, Bob. What did? How did you react to suddenly this is a robot show?
2: Um, thankfully we've seen one or two. Uh, not what I was expecting to come out the forehead. Hmm. Uh, uh, different. I did don't you, know. I, I didn't see it coming. I guess demons, maybe, or
5: okay. I, I, I was gonna know. say, where, where did you think that? Because like they're they're. Earlier, like is like, alright, Haruko, tell me who you are, really. And she's like, it's, I'm yeah, an alien. She's
2: like, I'm an alien. So it's either going to be aliens or demons. It's one of those... I don't know if they're trying to play it as fantasy or sci-fi. Mm-hmm. just didn't know. If uh, Haruko is, like... She said, an alien or... And even with these three episodes, I still don't know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, I got to say, I love her delivery of that line too. Like, oh, I'm an alien. It's so matter-of-factly, but again, not to point point a finger at myself, but there are those people out there that kind of like to mess with kids a little bit when it's like, ah, uh, it's like you, you deal with that little kid that asks all the questions you kind of want him to leave you alone for a little bit. So you give them like that weird answer that kind of makes them stop dead in their tracks. Uh-huh. And I kind of want, I, I'm, I'm sure that wasn't the intent, but I kind of wonder if that's what she was doing. I mean, oh, because
2: she she liked to talk,
3: yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure it's absolutely not the case, but there's a part of me that's like, she threw that at him if only to see how he reacted to it. Mm. It's like, how do you accept this information, regardless if it's true or not?
5: I think she's absolutely the kind who would mess with him by telling him the unbelievable but like, gospel truth about the yeah. situation, like
3: and, and that's what I love about her is in of this character, God, I have a type, um <laughs> she's like, oh no, I'm gonna say the thing.' Regardless if it's true or not, I just want to see how you react to it. And that that in and of itself seems to almost bring her joy or satisfaction in life.
5: But then also like as an audience on the first watch, like I <clears throat> it doesn't it also feel more like that Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing? It's just like it's like mm-hmm. the kind of girl who would be like, Oh, you know, I was in a car accident and I died and now I'm just a ghost of myself. And it's just like, no, you had head trauma and now you suffer from depression because of it. But like, all right, go off.
3: (laughs) Bob, I don't mean to throw another vocabulary word (laughs) in here, but is this possibly playing off the Chenebio trope? The what? The what? Okay. Chenebio. Oh God. Do I know? Do I know something you don't know? (laughs) Oh man. I feel, I feel great now. I feel good. He said
2: the chibi robot. Okay. So
3: Chenebio is a, uh, as I understand it, is a, phase it's that like life you are awkward phase when you're growing up and it's often highlighted as in anime children typically school-aged uh going through like like wearing the eye patch over their eye and i have a dark curse behind in behind this eye patch trapped in my eye essentially acting out their fantasies in real life teenage angst
5: (laughs) being a teenager yeah 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 yeah.
3: and even then it's not necessarily teenager but like going into that transition of becoming a teenager and then eventually they grow out of it theoretically
5: that's at the world that gap year between becoming cringe and realizing you are cringe
3: yeah and and as you develop yeah it's like either you embrace the cringe or you die being the cringiest Mm -hmm. uh but yes it's and part of me wonders if that's kind of playing off of that trope, because typically it's the younger child that does that in anime. Um Whereas now we have the older, uh, adult-aged peer- appearing person, because
0: I don't think Haruko has an age that's ever disclosed. Um, 20. Nope. Huh? 20, or possibly older, probably older. Uh,
5: yeah, it's yeah, like, I mean... <laughs> or at one point somebody says 19, I says... think she says 19.
0: Yeah, yeah. she says 19. Okay, but uh, what's her face, it's like, oh, she's definitely older than that. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, and that's the thing, too. In her face, you can kind of see where she's animated. Like, I would assume she's probably in her early to mid-20s at the latest. Uh, physically appearing, anyway. Yeah. Um,
5: I, I, I think, you know, even if you want to look at it from, like, the, the like, narrative harem angle, she's, mm-hmm. like, generically college age because she is the kind of girlfriend that her brother might actually have now.
3: She's Ryoko. She's Ryoko from Tenchi.
5: She's very much a Ryoko, yeah.
3: Oh my god, I have such a damn time. I'm
5: going uh-huh. home. I'm yep. taking my stuff, <laughs> I'm going home. Goodbye! <laughs> no, the ball. Um, right, so the this whole robot fight plays out, and IMO just showed us some of the best, like, dynamically drawn robot fights uh, yeah, put on paper. Energy.
0: Yeah, at this point, it's, it's a TV-headed robot versus a giant robot hand with an eyeball yeah, in it, Palm. Just the hand. Yeah. yeah.
3: What did the five fingers say to the fake
5: TV? <laughs> <laughs> Power um, off. uh oh. And our TV headed friend ends up winning. Meanwhile, uh Nauta's like shirt is caught on him the whole time. So like he's as this dude is around, yeah. yeah, he's literally getting dragged around through all these like jump kicks and and parries and whatever. Uh and then once the hand is defeated, uh Haruko comes flying in, revs up her guitar because it is a pull start two-cylinder guitar. Um And slams the TV robot in the head, draining it of color and killing the best character who had been in this show yet. Um, And that ends the fight scene. I guess Mamimi's fine now. Don't worry about that. Uh, And then basically the episode ends with, like, the dédouement of... They brought the robot back to the house, and now it is like learning how to bake bread and do chores around the house. And it's like, yep, this is how this is where things are at right now. Haruko and this TV robot here, and my life is still it is ordinary for my life to be this normal
0: in this town.
5: Uh huh. So, uh, yeah, that's finally episode one.
0: You know, life is so boring in my normal life, in this normal town. (laughs) Nothing ever happens.
3: Yeah. I. I also need to impart that I love the the guitar. Now, hear me out.
0: Okay. Yep. She,
5: she, you she
3: have a type. She, no, 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 no. We're, we're not. We're not talking about the type.
0: We're talking yeah, about the, yeah,
3: a, the guitar. Uh-huh.
0: Specifically, it is a midnight blue, left-handed Rickenbacker bass guitar, model four thousand one.
5: I was going to ask you because every otaku nerd loves to memorize that shit.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, that's
5: you say no that way.
3: here. I am not memorizing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Okay, so here, go go with me on this journey. Yeah. In my head there's a name for that weapon other than the actual type of guitar. Mm-hmm. It has a rip cord. It is a cha- it, similar to like say a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Yet the slang term for a guitar is an axe. Is this not a chainsaw axe?
2: Uh
0: uh no, because Wouldn't? it doesn't have the actual chainsaw part. farewell If the handle like had a chainsaw then Or maybe.
3: definitely some motorized axe. Is this from Warhammer?
0: Oh, I don't know. I'm not a Warhammer person.
2: Someone got it in go rubber band because I feel like something being stretched.
0: <laughs> I just I
3: just love this weapon. That's all it is. I just I love the
2: It's just a guitar.
3: It's a guitar that, <laughs> a that survives
2: smashing things several times. I don't it's, know if
3: she owns a factory glorious. or what. It is glorious. That's all I'm getting at, it is
5: glorious. Maybe it's like the TARDIS. You remember how uh, oh. the reason the TARDIS is a police box is because it's actually like active camo that got damaged and is now yeah. stuck on?
3: Yes, th- I would know that, actually.
5: Maybe that's what, maybe it's actually like her super secret space weapon and it's only camouflaged as a guitar, but the camouflage is broken from being used as a weapon and now it's stuck permanently looking like a guitar.
3: Yes, thank you, because that's the other part of it. I'm trying to figure out the logic behind this, you know, the logic in this crazy show.
5: (laughs) Uh
0: But I also need there to be
3: something for me to grab onto.
0: I think it's just a guitar, but it is a magic space guitar.
3: I love it. I mean, that, that's really all I need in my life, is that. Also,
0: if anyone's curious, your Vespa is a Sun Glow Piaggio Vespa SS-180. Oh. To,
3: to that point, I love the end credits. that The Vespa, after getting kicked and beaten up on by Haruka, is, just goes on its own adventure.
5: <laughs> Live action photo adventure.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it just makes my day.
5: Yeah. Uh... Any other thoughts on on episode one before we start episode two?
2: I do not have any personally that we didn't discuss.
3: I I won't lie. Rewatching this, I felt just as confused as I did back in, what, 2004, 2003? Mm -hmm. Whenever this first showed up on
0: Toonami. Yeah, 2003. Thank you.
5: Okay. Season one, episode two is called Firestarter. And it basically opens up on an X-ray of Naulta's head, where he has no brain syndrome. Uh, where his brain should be, there is just a void. H- how many of us can relate?
3: All the time. I want to know how they got my medical files.
5: Uh huh. Um, we see her right because there was the episode. There was we skipped over the part in the last episode where she went and. Now it goes to the hospital, and then she breaks in oh, and replaces for his the nurse heart, yeah uh, she's,
2: a, she's yes. a secret nurse that's not <laughs> a nurse,
5: and she has kept the stolen nurse outfit and is using it now um to to analyze these x rays,
0: which were taken by the robot,
5: which were taken by the robot uh we get the info that this robot seems to have been built at the factory up on a hill, shaped like a a clothes iron um, The cat is her boss,
0: I guess. Or somehow a yeah. uh, point of communication with her boss. Yep. Uh,
5: that's, that's what we'll say. And this has all been the cold open, and then this show doesn't have, like, an opening theme.
0: It has a different song every episode.
2: <clears throat> I, really? It several that's different good. songs each
5: episode, but...
0: Yeah. It
5: huh. Um, maybe... Uh, maybe I'm I don't know I don't know. I I just remember the the cold open to the title card on *Almost Silence*, um. But uh, yeah. Then we have basically, his dad is uh doing more with his zines. The robot is doing chores. now is like, hey, you can't be letting everybody know that we have a robot doing our house chores because that's going to be weird. Hey, dad, stop being so cringe, um and then she's fixed um the uh, the god this even my notes are manic um yeah get, get mine
3: out. okay so we started the episode uh mommy me was playing a game on her phone we later learn is fire starter
5: right where, the name of the episode where the goal
3: is, yeah where the goal is as later revealed to burn down buildings without burning the whole city down because otherwise you the character under the power of Lord Conti, name will be relevant later. Um, you know, you've been given these superpowers to do so. to take revenge on the world around you. Gee, I wonder if Momimi's having some hard times in her life.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, this is the episode where we learn too, that she it was getting bullied, by, or is getting bullied by her fellow classmates. Um, and we also learned that the kids that Nauta hangs out with think that he is dating Momimi. Yeah. Then we got the X rays. Um Right, so this where
5: we Oh go ahead. Uh we got a scene, another scene of Momimi and Nauta under the bridge, which is just like the like
0: their Mr. quit hangout spot.
5: Yeah, that, that is their hangout. But specifically, he is bringing her sandals because hers got washed down river for some reason while she's yeah. sitting there. playing the game. She's playing the game with her feet in the water. Um, yeah. And she found a new kitten who she is now calling the kitten Takun, which she was calling now to last episode. So, like, does that count as character growth? Because now she is transferring onto a different entity stop,
3: stop me if i'm mistaken but i think I she think still refers progress. to as Takun too.
5: she does um <laughs> which so okay i forget if they ever say the brother's name but isn't like wouldn't talk that's
0: the brothers it's her nickname for the brother
5: yeah so like uh, yeah like there is always like <laughs> he hates that it's like <laughs> i'm not my brother Please <laughs> stop yeah um and this is just more of that uh Let's see here. And then we see her. Mm-hmm. Uh, um,
3: so I've got a kind of a blow by blow here. So after there was the, what was it? The, there was the x-rays. We learned about common uh, or come on, which I I want to circle back to him later. Uh, uh, now to tell. Uh, oh, just a, and this is part of the reason I want to talk about it. At one point, it's specifically stated because Naota, when chewing out his father for having the robot work, uh, I guess uh, Haruko didn't know what his dad was doing, making zines. So he explains that his father wrote a book uh, that, in my notes, dealt with and revealed the deep mysteries of Evangelion.
5: Yeah, he's such an otaku.
3: Yeah, he is hard um then there was the stray she found uh at this point haruku at is on her own you know as she does minding her own business crashing into medical mechanica i.e the steam iron right uh and in doing so that's when she meets two security guards Nauto eventually Naoto, excuse me. eventually get, finds his way there and during the discussion after he arrives it, she mentions to the guards is this really a building? Because there's no doors or no other ways in or out.
5: Yeah, this is clearly not a place where people are meant to work.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so is it, yeah she has like, is this a job? Because uh, X, Y, Z. Um, let's
5: see. But yeah, he he picks up Haruko and brings oh. her home, and Mamimi's come home with them too?
3: Um, Mamimi is out actually by the the bridge by herself yes and at the beginning of the episode we have like a narrative exposition by her where she says she saw a angel with black wings etc and while she's out here at the bridge this is when she sees this weird black circle in the grass kind of flitting about and then it stands up and it's the robot with a halo that is like taped to its head
5: yeah
3: and has the little black wings on its back and she just kind of follows him and watches as he learns to fly.
1: Yeah. And she thinks
3: he's a god and calls him Lord Conti, what like in the video game Firestarter.
5: Well, yeah, because he is at um this burned down uh later we'll learn it was a school. Uh he's at this burned down school looking for something, like he is digging through debris and like find yeah. a piece of something. So he finding um, pieces of himself. I it
0: might I don't be pieces that's of the sure. show.
5: They having do. watched all six i don't think they ever
3: actually
0: tell you what he built they do it's saw thought it. we see it for a second one of these episodes okay and yeah. i've completely blanked on it
5: um he might be trying to rebuild the part of his head that haruko broke but i yeah i cannot guarantee that but that seems like what yes. it is um he's
0: trying to put his head back together
5: yeah uh but yeah, I don't know why he is dressed like an angel and then leaps off the roof doing some real Christian symbology poses and <laughs> then just starts flying. I don't know why he does that. I think he's just hanging out with cool birds.
3: I mean, birds is cool.
5: Birds is cool. Um, but, yeah, so she's just like, oh, he's a god. He's the god Conti, the god of, like, flames and protecting me, which... I'm surprised you didn't call Natsu's brother Conti at that rate.
3: <sighs>
5: uh huh.
3: That's a loaded gun. Uh.
5: Unintended.
4: Sure. Um, maybe.
5: Oh yeah. Um. Okay, but then okay. Now we have the scene at home. where We're all just like hanging out, and we get all the ages at the bottom of the screen because it's doing yeah. another anime-specific reference. Or like Japanese media specific <laughs> reference.
3: Can we? We also learned the scene that, uh, who was that? Either it was Momimi or, uh, no, it was Haruko. I'm sorry, I didn't put him in. Haruko saw the robot at a Seven Eleven specifically reading a hustler. Uh huh. Yeah.
5: Which then later in the scene, Grandpa sticks his head out the window, and is like, "Did you get my magazine? That's not yeah, the right he- one." <laughs> He
3: divine levitates down with dinner, like take out dinner, and then goes over to the grandpa's room and delivers the hustler, which was not the one he wanted. He wanted the one with the Anna and Nicole centerfold. Uh huh. wow, we're really hard avoiding the, using the copyrighted name of Playboy.
5: Yup. Uh, but the yeah, like, like, not only are they not keeping the robot inside the house in a secret, they're just sending him out in the world to do errands. Like, okay, <laughs> fine. Um, this is also the scene where, because we get the, the subtitles, we get specifically Nauta is 12, Mamimi is 17, Haruko is, uh, uh, the boss cat is 12 years old and the new adopted stray kitten is about four months. Yeah. Everyone's ages. Love it. I love how fat
3: boss cat is.
5: Love to hate that age gap. Mamimi, get your act together. Like
3: I said, everyone there is having a bad time.
5: Uh uh-huh. really
3: shared shared. I, I don't know if I want to use trauma, but shared. I don't know, collective depression, grief. Yes, yeah, that might be a better word, grief.
5: Um, boy, all right. What happens next? Because then my notes, just jump to his realization moment about um, um that doesn't I... happen right now, does it?
3: Well, after this it's um we get a scene with the kids telling or passing rumors that Momimi well, is being bullied by the others of
0: her age
3: and well, then the watching cuts... her
5: knee deep in the river again for reason? Yeah.
0: they, she, they threw her bag in the river.
3: I was gonna say, right. it, I don't think it was like specifically said, but yeah, I think her bag was in the river and her shoe one of her sandals was starting to float down and they caught sight of it. And that's what started that conversation. Then we cut to Harakos, as I put it Harako speaking to her mysterious cat shaped handler mm-hmm. and okay. then we we learn about the fire at the school, the former elementary school that uh was suspected arson, but no one ever proved it um and now his brother having saved Moimi from said fire, mm-hmm. and that was how they that was the first time they met. And that's when Momimi or Mummy said, This one for the rest of my life. Um
5: imprinted like a baby duck.
3: Yeah. Uh then Nauta goes searching for Mummy and finds her and the robot at the school. Or the robot is scared that Nauta sees him because he's a child at heart. Mm-hmm. Um and we start getting off these little flashes of scenes, cuts backs between this and the first episode of, you know, her with the cigarette or Im- images of her with a lighter, et cetera. And discussing the game, as I mentioned earlier, kind of breaking it down of how it works. Right. This
5: is okay. So I this had to watch this scene. Might be an arsonist. I had to watch this scene like three times because what is happening in this scene is like Nauta is walking Mamimi home after having to deliver her more shoes. Um, uh-huh. On the day that another arsonist happened, and like uh-huh. he was already starting to put the pieces together, but we get this montage with a voiceover. Yeah. But it is representing yeah. him putting the pieces together and realizing that Mamimi is the arsonist because uh-huh. there's the one level of he is explaining the nature of the game, which is you know, every, everything he said before about like, yeah, you have to burn it down, do whatever, the city of Endsville um yeah the city of devils uh something like that yeah and about lord conti and puts together like oh she's been calling him lord conti and whatever uh the cigarette the lighter the all of that the um the school burning down we hear hints about that but then if like there's a lot of voices underneath this explanation of the game uh most of them are stuff we've heard earlier in the episode about like, Oh, I heard she was getting bullied. Oh, I heard that there was arson. They never proved how the school burned down, but there's, but, and again, I've only learned this this time. There are, uh, there is new information provided in that sub audio track. Uh, because there's, there is very specifically, um, now to being interviewed by uh implied police asking him specifically like hey it's that girl that you hang out with who did this isn't it and him denying it so like he was basically you know uh, covering for for mamimi because he might have not actually you know known it at that point but like that is that is a scene that we had not otherwise seen um and then at the very end of it We are hearing a, for the first time, like a flashback to a scene where Naoto walks in on Haruko talking to boss cat and we hear the boss cat speak to him in just like a human voice. And I forget what he says, but it's just like, oh, I
3: did not write it down. I feel bad.
5: They, they make it very explicit here. They're like, no, that cat is talking and clearly knows like the cat knows things. The cat knows things and is some kind of professional. The cat is some kind of handler. Okay.
3: I love, love that the cat... I love the cat is doing things. I love I love an, animals in anime. I love cats in anime. I love when we have a Sailor Moon-esque alien cat just mm-hmm. talking, having a role, doing
5: things. The only thing that's better is when... Uh, your two pet cats are also uh, co-pilots of your giant robot and they fly mm-hmm. in the little autonomous like sidekick pods. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Cybuster.
3: Yeah. This, uh, oh, this, and it's such a fat cat too. It's, it's, I love the fat kitties. Um, That they, they makes me happy. Uh, this, this just made my day. I ate it up. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And then,
5: then we get another robot fight. Right, uh, because, boy, where where this... It doesn't happen to me because, like, after that whole scene, Nauta is like going up to the scene of the burndown down school again, <clears throat> and this time Mamimi has like a whole like summoning circle sketched out, and uh, you know, is like lighters taped to her head, and she's doing like a whole ritual thing. Uh, the robots also there, and she's about to like. Go up and lay a big old smooch and dedicate herself to this robot who she is calling the god of flames. Um and then yes, uh Nauta's next thing springs out of his head.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, his, his the horns because this episode we also discovered he had two horns instead of the one last time, and that pops out of
0: him.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And and then Robot does the thing of fighting it, but
0: I think it's... this is the rest of the robot. Whose Probably. hand came through
3: last time. I,
5: I believe I so. I think so, so. It's
3: yeah. Similar. Um, but they fight, the robot, uh, Conti, as he's called for a while, uh, decides, you know, goes in, fights, kinda gets overwhelmed, the, the enemy robot almost eats, uh, Mamimi, but, uh, now just saves her, a- and then Conti eats
5: uh, Nauta uh-huh. and
3: becomes red again.
5: He, he sucks that boy down like Popeye eating spinach,
3: <laughs> and then also becomes a gun, uh, you know,
5: well, an artillery
0: cannon. He ha- oh wait, wait, before that,
5: yeah, hold on. In the okay.
0: shot where he is putting Nauta into his innards, which have, which have broken open into this giant maw.
5: With like with space more inside, than his
0: eyeballs, uh-huh.
3: yeah, <laughs> not, not nothing eldritch there. <laughs> you mean shror- I skipped over
0: that? No, them up.
2: Um,
3: That's
2: um. <laughs> Some fun transformer stuff too, spinning around fifteen
5: times and. So, yeah. so that's what I was going to say you can't just skip over is, like, the best spin kick that's, again, ever been mm-hmm. put into media. <laughs> he,
3: the he spin does, kick of all anime.
5: He does the the one-handed block the giant monster, elbow into the stomach, 520 spin kick to kick mm-hmm. this guy out of frame. It is It's the only reason anime is allowed to continue existing is because that shot is so good.
3: Yeah, I did read that in the Geneva Conventions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, he just eats. You know, eventually, then he becomes a mortar, if I'm not mistaken.
5: Yeah, he just transforms into some sort of artillery gun and,
3: and fires away and defeats robot, enemy robot, and it's got brains. Yeah, I mean, every living thing has brains.
0: No, I know, but they don't normally like all of a sudden slurp out of the back and. Turned into the like, I don't know. Ca- well, I don't know what that's supposed to be on the rifle, like a counterbalance or like where I, the ammo goes. I
5: think it. they are like heat sinks. I think the oh, okay. those are exposed okay. for venting purposes. Which i felt the need <sighs> to vent my brain like that many times, especially yeah, at that age. Wow.
3: <laughs> yeah, like whoo. <laughs> This show uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I
0: actually I have additional commentary about that now, but it only applies uh to t- like the end of the series, so yep. uh-huh. uh, I guess we're gonna have to save that,
2: <laughs> yep, although it does end on kind of a joke with the the way that uh Nuto leaves thank okay. you know, yeah. leaves the robot
3: uh-huh. mhm mm. yeah yeah when i uh when I think something's crap, i complete. Have you ever been so relieved you just defecated a whole human
0: being? <laughs> <laughs> Man, the Japanese love their poop humor. They yeah, really they do.
3: do. Um, yeah, that was a thing. I left that out of my notes, Bob. Thanks. I chose to forget <laughs> that
5: aspect. Um, but yeah, oh, that's then... that kind of... That's kinda of just what happens, right? Like it's just like,
3: also resolves to, as he put it, stay with Mimi forever. Uh mummy me, excuse me. Forever.
5: Yeah. I, I so I guess his like realization in going after her in this episode was like, Oh no, I've been mean to her like all the other bullies in her life. Mm-hmm. She needs somebody I to been help any her. her. Yeah. yeah. Which is like <sighs> Like, yeah.
0: She's still not like a like She's
3: still not the healthiest of people to be around.
0: Y'all need therapy now to find non-toxic people.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like like I think this show is pitching it as like, oh, Nauta is having like, you know, growing as a person and becoming uh-huh. like this more upstanding young guy, but like it by sort of throwing himself headlong into a relationship that is clearly toxic for him and like I mean, that's where I, like, again, there's something new on this watch. I'm just like, I don't think I like the moral that this show is trying to pitch. That just, like, I
0: don't think that's the moral that it's trying to pitch. I almost wonder
5: if it's... Now that we're talking about, you know, toxic
3: relationships, I almost wonder if it's almost saying, like, you know, even if you're surrounded by nothing but toxic and or otherwise broken persons, you know, you, you yourself can't allow yourself to... F- be dragged down. You have to find a way to overcome, in a sense. But even then, to me, I'm like, if that's the case, that still feels kind of like, mm.
5: yeah. I, he's
0: I... making a decision. Yeah. To, to help. Someone. I guess it's
3: a, yeah. I guess it could be like you need to make a choice. Are you going to fall, go down the hole with everyone else, or are you going to try and keep your head above water?
0: And I think that's part of the coming of ageness of this story mm-hmm. is that like his entire life he's being buffeted by all these people around him who are like projecting all this shit onto him and he's growing up physically to the sense that he's like trying to become sexually aware and stuff but also he's coming out of his brother's shadow and choosing to like make his own decisions about things and be a little more proactive about it Mm
5: -hmm. Mm. um well so a lot more of this comes up in episode three Mm -hmm. uh so unless we have something else about this episode let's just get right to it keep this train going
2: sounds good Go for
5: it. All right. Episode three. Are y'all ready to hear me pronounce this wrong?
3: Do it. Cause I'm sure. Can't Absolutely. Say it. Oh.
5: The Marquis de Carabas.
3: I love that restaurant.
5: It's yeah. I'd love to order that when I'm at Taco Bell. Um, <coughs> that's not even. All right. Anyway, the um,
3: combination Carabas Taco Bell.
0: So the Marquis is a character from the story cousin boots. Um, uh, my other introduction to the name was in Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere. There's a character named the Marquis de Carabas.
3: So this episode now just makes, at least the title makes a heck of a lot of sense now.
0: (laughs)
5: Okay, so my first note in this is, wow, there is a shitload of things being conveyed in the cold open, but nothing Mm. about what the cold open actually is.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. These both these statements are true.
5: Oh right, it's um, it's so it's the girl from nauta's class slash group of friends, school chums, Nina Mori. Nina Mori, uh, and she is in the car with her father's secretary. And long yeah. story short, her father is the mayor who is having an affair with the secretary. Nina Mori knows about it and is kind of letting the secretary know. In she knows. all but explicit and even the secretary is like all right you're a smart girl how about like they don't actually like make a deal but they do have this just sort of like quiet understanding of just like all right everybody knows what's going on here and nobody's starting to challenge it okay um and then ending on about how uh nina mori's got the main part in the play that will be the sort of MacGuffin of driving this episode Mm -hmm.
3: can i say that dialogue in that opening I was in love with it because I'm sure I, cause I'll, I'll front load this now. I don't remember this episode watching it the first two times way back when. So this one kind of caught me a little off guard. I love the dialogue here. The the saying it without saying it, all the read between the lines like, Oh, that, this is things I live for in any kind of media. I love those kind of conversations. Uh, this was so good, and the the way the way the daughter is calling out the secretary on her show. You're a smart secretary. You brought a suit. Yeah, <laughs> a new suit for today. Like, oh, we're going there. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this was a treat for me because I didn't remember this. I'm like, ooh, new ride.
5: Yeah, like like this is absolutely one of the moments in the show where I'm like frustrated because we look at you know the manga scene from the first episode and we're just like wow this show feels like it's kind of a mess due to localization or being more referenced than being substance or whatever and like oh it's so incredibly hard to parse and then every so often we get a scene like this where it's just like no this is just well written well executed this is like some high tier just you know Uh visual media and it's just like why are you you spending so much time doing this other nonsense and having these little moments that prove that you are like you have this much skill of execution for doing, you know, visual. It's just like if for me, it feels like twisting the knife at like how annoying and frustratingly paced the rest of the show is because it's letting you know, no, that's on purpose. Deal with it. And I'm just like, mm, I respect it. But yeah. Get the hell out.
3: (laughs) It's like, did you have to make that extra turn with a knife? Yes. Yes. (laughs) With a smile. I will also say, I love especially seeing this episode essentially with fresh eyes. It was, I love how it comes kind of full circle as, as we will discuss as we go on with this episode regarding the, the, what we're told about her father about uh, the school president's or class president's uh, father and some things she does later that we mm-hmm. get revealed on
5: it. uh But okay, after uh, the title card, we're in school and we're talking about how everybody has cast votes on who's going to be in the school play. And somehow Naota was voted as like, the sidekick to the lead, even though it's clear he never would have entered into taking on such a part.
3: Yeah, he is not happy about being in this role. Also,
5: at I some think point it's early
3: he's on, the
2: male lead, isn't he?
5: Technically,
3: he is the feline lead. Yeah, yeah,
5: because she's she playing the little boost. prince. <laughs> um, I, I also
3: love that at some point very early on in this because it's in my notes here. Haruko only responds to of all the names that Naota levels at her, only responds to evil alien.
5: Yep. Because she is just a real she loves busting chops. Uh-huh. Call, call her a pork butcher because she's busting chops. Mm-hmm. Um I I need to shout out to uh, what was her name again? I Mori. It's her USSR hoodie.
3: Yes, yeah. I actually wrote that down. I loved that. I'm like, oh, there's a there's a statement in here somewhere.
0: I think it's just the Japanese thing of just having birds on shirts, like, sure. Who cares? Like, they don't necessarily know what it is. I, Honestly, I wish we had more of that here.
5: I think she's just a, a zangief main. That's all.
3: <laughs> I mean, she kinda. Hmm. Um,
5: she does grab a yeah. couple of times.
3: hmm Okay. She, she she appreciates power, um, and having it. Um, yeah, she tells us, she tells us the audience that Nata's role is to play the cat. Mm -hmm. Also, we get some, while all this is going on, uh, if I remember correctly, this is kind of interspersed with then and now shots, because my notes kind of reflect that. We learn that uh, his dad is back out making his zine, and I forget what it was.
5: Okay, so. Actually titled, excuse me there. This is this is what's going on with that is because um, they're (laughs) passing around a zine in the classroom and they get caught looking at it. Uh, And then like the teacher pulls it up and very
0: prolonged overreactive reaction sequence implying something salacious. (laughs) Well, yes, yes.
3: Well, we find out kind of what it is throughout the story, because the title of it we we find out that Nauta's father is making this, so that is
5: that is the zine that he's been working right. on um I, what
3: I was trying to get is I forget the title, but it very clearly implicates that ah, uh, he is the one that outed the affair publicly or implying that he did
5: i well, at least on the version that I watched, like none of the text on it or in it was um." translated so we just like cut to the inside of this zine and then we hear Nauta's voiceover sort of explaining what the whole situation with the the scandal is common
3: Common says the name of it and and it's one of those like you read into it yeah because i had to pause it and go back like wait what was it because i thought he was writing about ava what's going on here okay so taking that with what we saw in the opening scene like ah and it may not even be that he is the one that did out it, but maybe he's the one, like, dispersing details, doing, like, legwork on this.
5: I I think he did, because there is a reference to, like, well, he is a journalist after all. So, mm-hmm. like, it sounds like he is it's revealing called, stuff from his own uh, uh, investigation.
0: It's called Come uh, come On Mabase, because Mabase is the town, and that sounds like Come On Mabase.
5: It's called
4: Come On. Mabuse. Say- Mabase?
3: <laughs> but yeah. I, uh I'm trying not to let my brain aneurysm show bob Thank you. We also get at the same time a reference to Crystal Pepsi.
0: Yeah. yeah. Which Yeah, looks- that just kinda hit me out of nowhere. That was one of those uh localization translation things, um, because the original uh-huh. script was a reference to like a uh, uh no longer made uh, Japanese soda that, like, definitely wouldn't play with an American audience. They're, they like, came up with the equivalent uh, in Crystal Pepsi. Then
2: so they grabbed Crystal the... Pepsi, not New Coke, I oh, tell you.
3: props to the localization team for just hitting that one out of the park, then, for American audiences to grab. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. a lot of what localization teams do, is they, like, you translate it, and then you right. figure out, like, the equivalent
5: yeah.
3: thing. Yeah, but... But as I'm sure most of us here have seen, sometimes localization not so great. Yeah. This one hit just the perfect mark from what I'm understanding.
5: That. Yeah. And so, like, the the point of, of that, like, that is a dig saying that, like, yeah, it's kind of a shitty bakery. Right? Like, that's kind of what that's saying. is, just like... He... Right,
3: yeah, that's what it was. They were talking about the bakery.
5: Yeah, it's just like, they still have this soda that's been discontinued for a decade in their case because, like either nobody goes there to buy it or he just, like, doesn't freshen up his inventory or something, like...
0: Oh, it's not the bakery that has it. it. Oh, it wasn't? I thought it was. No, it's the grocery store that he's trying to sell it. It, 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 He, like, is selling it for him. Oh. It's like a little conbini that's, like, got lots of old crap in there that's not moving off the shelves. God, I
5: I misunderstood. I, I thought it was...
3: The bakery store that was the convenience
5: store. This show is so dense. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah,
3: this is a lot.
5: Um. Uh,
0: By the way, Nina Mori's voice actor is Ed from Cowboy Bebop.
3: Oh. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I knew I recognized cool.
0: that. Also I've Gaz from make. Invader Zim, which is... <laughs> oh,
5: my Lord. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's see from there moving on we find out that the new uh thing coming out of now it's his head is cat ears
3: yeah he ditches the school production rehearsal to go hang out with mamimi more now because he will never leave her I guess he's been wearing a hat which the style eludes me and i refuse to look it up
5: it's like a bucket hat
3: hat? thank you I'm like, oh, it's that hat that people wear to the beach. And also when they're leaving or fishing, you know, fear and loathing in Las Vegas.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skateboarders.
3: You know, you know, and I'm like, ah, oh, I would never wear that. And, but I'm like, oh, she takes it off. Yeah. And just a perfectly designed cat ears.
4: Mm hmm. Um. Uh,
3: this
0: yeah, she teases him about skipping,
5: saying,
3: know, you're a delinquent, too. Yeah. So, um... Let's see. So after that, um, this is where we learn that the name Conti has stuck to the robot for the time being. And right. he's putting something together in private, because if I remember correctly, it's Haruko that busts in on him, working on it, and he's just trying to hide it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what so no so he's working on. He's collecting pieces. You can see it for a second. It's like yeah. a cube of parts, because he's, he's making a new head. I'm trying to maintain mystery, yeah.
5: but it's also <laughs> but it
0: answers your question
3: from earlier. I know
5: it also uh, just it's great because he has like the model glue and like all the tools mm-hmm. you would use if you were building gunpla.
3: He's building his gunpla head is actually what I put in here.
5: He's gunplying himself.
3: <laughs> I Gun gunpla. Okay, so gunpla okay. Bob is what you saw me build when I had those Gundam models in the living room. Okay,
5: it is it is a a sort of shorthand phrase Department for. Yeah, uh, Japan loves to do that, even Kobini. Uh, For Gundam plastic model kits, Gunpla. Uh, So basically all of the toys, you know, uh, all the model kits for uh, Gundam robots, those are Gunpla.
3: Run Spaceballs (laughs) merchandising.exe.
5: So you want Hoopla
2: for the Gunpla?
3: Yes, I have.
2: Still do.
5: Uh, they talk about Dorimon a lot. Yeah, they do. Because that <laughs> is a yeah, famous fiction. Dorimon is the Garfield of Japan.
0: That's a good way to put it.
5: Oh, I'm so yeah, sad that it is.
3: Cat. Is it not the Felix the Cat, maybe? Is that more acceptable?
5: Um, uh, Fe- more palatable? Felix has fallen off in a way in America. Oh. Last time I saw Felix was on the display of a bootleg uh, MP3 player from the aughts. Ooh. Snoopy. Uh, yeah, kind of actually.
0: I mean, we're going cat mascots.
5: Um, so we get a scene of there's paparazzi outside Nina Mori's house, and the secretary is there sneaking away again through the sewer this time, <laughs> um, with like a whole scuba kit on. Yeah,
2: best to be prepared.
5: Uh, let's see here uh
0: but yeah so this the the scandal of the public discovering her the mayor's having an affair with the secretary means that her parents might be getting divorced Mm
5: -hmm. so
0: her life is kind of upside down right now and her main focus is this play because she knows her parents will both come to see the play so she like is really invested in getting the play to happen and is really mad that Nata won't come to rehearsals.
3: No, yeah, that she really wants to hang out with him.
0: Also, that like also she does have a crush on him. We
3: mm-hmm.
2: find that out when he comes over to his house. Yeah. Yes.
3: Well, she kind of gets um uh disheartened when someone I don't know who just crashes into him with their Vespa again, <laughs> sending her him colliding into her as well.
5: Right, at which point a brain to brain transfer happens. Don't worry about that. That wouldn't be foreshadowing anything.
3: Oh, yeah, also, she sees his cat ears.
5: Right, so yeah, he gets hit uh, by uh, Haruko again, smashes into her, and then basically, as a way to be like, hey, sorry about that. Let's bring you home for dinner. And yeah. well, as a way of apology, and also, sorry, my dad wrote that zine that just blew up your life. Come over for yeah. dinner as a way of apology. Um
3: yeah, that's the family I want to have dinner with.
5: Yeah. And then that also like turns into, "Hey, there's We're probably curry. God, the curry subplot.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Um but it also turns into, "Hey, there's probably like a whole media circus at your house, so if you want to stay the night uh to have some quiet time, like go for it." Um Yeah, who wants to talk about curry? Stuff I'll curry. Teach
3: you- I'll, I'll let you do it because my experience with curry is not Japanese curry, so I am the least qualified.
2: Damn, I've only had Indian curry.
0: Uh, yeah, so in Japan it's more of a thing to have it be spicy. Um, and to notes that he doesn't panhandle the spicy. Um, so Haruko got him, like, kids' spicy level. <laughs> yeah. Which is still kind of too much while they're eating.
5: Little Prince Manhattan style.
0: Yeah, yeah that's what it was. Um, uh, but yeah, like the dad, the grandpa especially is like almost comatose because it's so spicy. Yeah, the dad likes it a lot. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, I think the dad likes it because he just wants uh,
0: haruko to, to like him.
5: He to <laughs> let him have his way. Uh,
2: <laughs> Fully cool as one might.
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you get, you get it. you get. Getting...
3: She wants to let him fully her coolly.
5: Yeah. Hmm. Um, I hate that sentence. But yeah, there's a lot during dinner of her just sort of like very explicitly like repeated animation gag of her saying it's I don't mind it at all about like the mess at her house about her parents about the spiciness. It's just like, oh, this is where her head. This is the stuff she's going through is she's the very much like I am not upset by anything right now but clearly, like, robotically, because she's shutting down, because she's so upset about everything. Yeah,
0: she's definitely suppressing it. And then, like, uh, as as we said earlier, she's, like, the class president and everything, so she's very much about, like, you know, the image of her and her family. Yeah.
5: Um, I mean, she's the mayor's daughter. She probably had that, you know, baked into her from yeah. the get-go.
3: We see her take a bath at their house and... Yeah. If I remember correctly, it's Kalman that's talking to her through the window, and uh, so just kind of talking about the fact that there is an affair going on.
0: Is
4: it
5: her dad?
3: I I thought it was Kalman. I could have sworn it was his voice. I could be entirely wrong.
5: It it does sound like that, his voice, but
3: but the dialogue definitely sounded like it was her dad or something. And I can see that. And it, you may be right, but the, I guess that's then the point of, or my kind of question is. I, I, okay. Never mind that because I'm also trying to come from this one. But your parents love you. Ah, but this is probably a parent that's more obsessed with his position than his daughter. So disregard anything I was about ready to say.
5: I mean, I, again, this is another one of those where, like, it's hard to tell. Just because yeah. of everything.
3: Which arguably makes this better.
5: Oh my god. Okay, no I'll talk about that later. Sorry, I'm looking so she, things up on wikis.
3: No, you're good, you're good. Um she I'll be honest also I will put it in here. I will specifically with shows like this too, I will sometimes put subtitles on so I can, you know, catch little minutiae or little details. Like who is speaking, and in this case, it didn't provide the name of who the speaker was. So that also led to some, probably my confusion on this. Who hmm. was actually there? But either way, after oh, well. after the bath, she uh, she gets dressed in Nauta's sleepwear and hangs out in his room.
5: Also, like v- <sighs> she's wearing his PJs which yeah i feel like this is another one of those things like between mouth to mouth and an indirect kiss this uh-huh. is just more ways of just like really unwanted intimacy being thrust upon yeah. naota um
3: and his handling of it is very interesting like with the indirect kiss it's he doesn't have those over exaggerated reactions one would typically expect as demonstrated in most anime
5: yeah i like, i think his is very realistic but also in that way of just like he's he's upset by all of this and he's like, can any, everyone please just knock it off? Yeah, he's
3: absolutely clearly uncomfortable but won't make an issue of it.
5: Um, uh, 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 what was I about to say? Uh, oh. She's
0: wearing glasses?
5: No, before yeah, that, right. the the bathroom scene, before we leave that, it oh. sucks that, like, this is now it's classmate. So Nauta is twelve. So hey, why are we show like okay? We want to talk yeah. about like you know, it's about Nauta and his like noticing and tribulations of coming to terms with like you know puberty and whatever. Nauta is not in this scene. It is just like this is for the audience to see this naked, save for soap clouds. Uh, 12-year-old girl, and this isn't the last time that they are going to do something like this in this episode. And I'm like, "Mm, this is grosser than everything else going on, and you got some gross stuff going on. I just, I I had to call out that nonsense before moving on.
3: It is interesting, with interesting being very within the respect of how conservative certain aspects of Japanese society can be how comfortable they are with depicting children in this manner mostly female but sometimes male children bathing and being shown on screen whereas other things are too taboo
5: yeah it's like i said there's a weird like yeah performative like the the just the double standards of like puritanism in in japanese culture is always so weird
3: yeah i it is definitely probably the one thing that keeps me from recommending a lot of anime to certain people. Just because, like, oh, there's that one scene. And while you one could argue, it's like, it's not meant to titillate. It's like, but it's still there and unnecessary.
5: It's like, what is it serving then? Why is it there? Right. If you could right, show me yeah. something else it was serving, we could talk, but.
3: Right, I agree. And that's why I say I have this problem with certain anime. It's like, God, it's like, ugh like if you if you just showed her like shoulders up and even then like shoulders like mm-hmm. but shoulders up fine i get it especially when we're talking about a child
5: yeah honestly like doing rewatching of sailor moon uh again that is supposed to be a middle school student and they love to show her like in a bath and thinking about being romanced by college age guys and i'm just like oh in retrospect this is all super Suspect.
3: Listen, I will. I will, without telling Bob which one it is. There is an anime on our list later that Bob will watch. That in its first episode, again, context is kind of key, but at the same time, still has a, a girl of, I believe, she's sixteen, being put in a or being in a tub bathing, mm. to, to for the purpose of getting clean, and it's not done to titillate. It's actually. When you understand again, when you understand the context, it's done to show like, ah, this other individual doesn't understand the world. Mm. Um, but last even then, week. that's like uh, uncomfortable to me to a degree because last week wasn't them...
2: our girl under eighteen? Hmm. Last week or last episode, I forgot her name. With uh, Not... the Gundam show, wasn't she seventeen?
5: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Kiki. And the mm-hmm. the nude bathing in the lake. Yeah, yeah, that's...
3: yeah. 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 That a, that's uncomfortable. I made a point of that then too. Like, this is very uncomfortable. Like,
5: here's...
0: Yeah, that's, again, that's the thing that comes up in a lot of shows. Yeah. It's definitely a, a cultural thing. Difference. <laughs> yeah. It
5: kind of makes, it's one of the big reasons why anime is a dirty word, I guess.
0: Yeah. Or at least... Like, For some reason, reason, that's the parts your parents always walk in on. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
5: And to circle this all back around, I think this is part of why I want it to be her dad and not come on. Because if it's come on, that's way
3: worse! And I'll be honest, I'm with you. I didn't think of it being her dad. I'm more comfortable with the idea of it being her dad. I still don't like the scene and the way it's depicted visually. Yeah, But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's...
5: but uh okay, uh later, uh, yeah, so we have this big like intimate moment, uh again, loves to happen in uh nauta's room, is we sort of have this like heart to heart between Nauta and Nina Mori, where she reveals a couple of things, uh including she wears glasses, actually, and she's wearing contacts all the time, and just nobody notices, uh, and all and what.
2: It's a scandal. Sorry. Uh, Interjecting for humor.
5: Right, Uh Scandalous. Yeah. Everything in our life is a scandal at this point. Um, But also the bigger one is that she rigged the vote uh, of the play in order to get Nauta and her into those roles so that that way uh, he could be her little pet. Kind of like
3: her father having a secretary that he can be very comfortable with she has now found someone she wants to be very comfortable with in this case in a very public facing role
5: or i mean just,
2: just saying a... something for 12 years old
3: well yeah. considering she grew up in a po- political family like that i have to believe on some level that had an effect on her mentality i'm not oh, saying i fully that. agree yeah she is she is for as much as you you as a viewer know she has to be upset about her father and his doings is doing the same things essentially yeah
2: it's this entire mimicry because she sees her father getting away with it and she's like oh i want this too
5: well i I mean i I don't even know if it's mimicry like i could believe this is like again talking about the show is like a a sort of examination on how people deal with you know self-agency like yeah there is so much going on in her life that she is just sort of collateral damage of, especially with, you know, whatever scandal her parents are wrapped up in. So this idea of, like, I need something I can control in my life, like, that is a totally, like, rational, emotional reaction.
0: Oh, yeah, um, and this is how she fixes her parents, because they'll both come to see her play.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I, I at no point think of her as a villain, per se, if we well, were to yeah. use that word.
5: she's sure. more of a...
3: She's an antagonist not even
5: she's she's another toxic relationship because (laughs) she has like she has control issues over now like like yes you know she wants to orchestrate this stuff but like her being into play doesn't require now to to be in the play to have the parent part go she just wants to have control over now yeah
0: like additionally making him be in the play as well means that they're forced to spend time together yeah
3: right and this is kind of an example of she whether she realized it or not she subconsciously learned the behavior of i have power i will use it to get what i want right the, her father did that i mean the very bill clinton-esque secretary or in this uh, clinton scenario uh intern scandal
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, now we have uh puss in bootsgate i guess
4: <laughs> yep um
5: But yeah, that's Nauta doesn't is pissed at this, um, and yeah, where where do we go from there? Do we uh, go Haruko right?
0: Sitting on the top bunk and has been there the whole time, right? <laughs> yeah, Did we you get... hear anything? No. <laughs>
5: but it's this weird moment where, like, this is like the first and maybe only time where we really see like Haruko be on Nauta's side
0: well yeah
5: yeah exactly
0: in in this case it's specifically haruka just likes pushing people's buttons and in this case she's needling nina mori because she can tell that nina mori's into nauta yeah fucking with her
5: and i i think there's also totally a read of like if she is like defending Nauta, it's in that sense of like, no, 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 you don't get to play with my toys <laughs> kind of exactly way. That's
3: exactly the read I took from his, this is my toy. You get your own toy. It's mine.
5: That That's my note for this scene is, every girl in Nauta's life sucks. <laughs> what the fuck?
3: Yeah, they, they aren't the healthiest. Also, at some point, we get Nauta no longer has cat ears. They go elsewhere. Nina, um, looks at Nina Mori.
5: Well, that's, that's like in the, the, that's in school Uh the next day.
0: Later, yeah. Oh, yeah. he has been wearing different hats and stuff.
5: Yeah.
2: Very inconspicuous. A lover of hats, one might say.
3: Oh, that's right. It's, uh, it transfers to her after he outs her for, you know, rigging the vote. Yeah. That's what it was. Excuse me.
5: Sorry, that that part of my notes got smudged. Because, because then we, we move into the, like, rehearsal room the next day uh and now uh haruko has shown up to deliver Nauta's lunch um but Nauta was about to just walk out to ditch rehearsal anyway and uh Mori like grabs him by the wrist and there's this big dramatic shot of them pointing and leaning in different directions and they just start having it out about i do you you need to be here I don't want to be here yada yada she rips his hat off revealing his ears and so that's when he lets loose in retort that she rigged the vote um and then all hell breaks loose <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose
3: as if there wasn't enough hell
5: yeah um but that's when uh she overflows and uh the space robots rings forth out of her head, and it's this really weird, gross um... Not
3: spider. Spider.
5: Yeah, it's a spider hot air balloon? I guess?
3: uses her legs to kick and hit people and grab them?
5: Yeah, like, so this just goes, like, the way this show treats Nina Mori, like, again, I think a fairly, like, well and interesting written character, but just, like, she's in her gym outfit, which you know, if you know, anime is like a sweatshirt and basically like outer panties. Yeah. And so it's like, she's all legs and now she's just dangling there and is just kicking. And there's a gag. So Haruko has brought Conti, which is lucky because now there's another robot to fight, but like there's this gag where while kicking at Conti, uh, her pants get like hooked on him and he's just like, what's this? Oh no. And then he's like lining them up so that when she kicks, he gets to slip them back on, which is like, Hey, good for Conti for being like kind of the, again, the most like upstanding and best character in this show. Uh, But again, Hey show, why is the like pantless 12 year old, your gag that you're going to go for here? Come on.
0: At least they don't cut off Conti at all while they're doing it.
5: Yeah, yeah, that's
0: yeah.
2: That's very true.
5: Um but then yeah, the fight spills out of the uh rehearsal room and up onto the roof where No. Nope. Uh, no? Note. Note.
2: Uh yes. Uh I'd like to point out that I think we could make the argument there is another horse in this episode. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Because this could be the proof that she is an alien because she can summon her scooter with a whistle. Yeah. Oh. Just, my gosh, huh?
3: Maybe she's just a better engineer than uh, Elon Musk. <laughs>
2: All right. I think yeah, they even cause... post together, don't they?
0: So, yeah, because the, <laughs> the reason the, the scooter is at home is because she's been working on fixing it because it was, like, hecked up.
5: Which. By the way, I I skipped over this at the time, but, like, when Naota brings her, like, the replacement parts and she dumps the parts out of the box into her hand, it's just Uh a gunplaw? It's just a tiny gunplaw? Yeah. Yeah. But I think the joke there is that it's, like, we don't know what actual Vespa parts look like, so here is just a pile of what we know looks mechanical.
0: (laughs) I mean, it turns into, like, a bolt or something in her hand that she wrenches on.
5: Right. But just, like... I don't know. If that is just like an animation joke, I'm into it.
3: <laughs> I choose to believe there's something up with a bike where it can you just convert certain material into what it needs.
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, the bike's probably also from space, so.
3: I just love that Here's a Gundam.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that works.
5: Yeah, that'll do it. Um,
2: End of note.
5: Right, so the, the fight spills out onto the roof. It's, uh... Like, Conti basically grabs to right away to To go into Super Saiyan mode, um, mm-hmm. but they're struggling when all of a sudden the spicy curry lunch that uh, <laughs> Haruko brought to Needle Nauta, uh, gets torn out of the bag and flies through the air and right into the waiting maw of this big robot. That's hmm. sure. Um, at which point <laughs> it's too spicy for the robot, and it immediately gets robot diarrhea and lets Nina Mori go and then starts puking off the roof. Um and then it's uh big shot for the robot hunter and uh gun time again transforms, blows away the robot, it fights over.
2: And oh. they all live happily ever after.
3: Well, well at the end the episode ends well, and,
2: Nina uh, Mori gets to be in the play.
3: Yeah, Nina Mori is also shown wearing glasses at the end, but they're fake glasses. Yes. <laughs> Which really irritates me. It's like, just take off the goddamn contacts and put on your glasses, kid.
5: Oh, my right? God. I never even thought of that. Oh, my God. Because there's
3: no lenses in them. She puts yeah. her fingers right through where the lens would be. I'm like, I hate you. I'm so mad at you for this. You were fine. You were understandable. And then you did this.
5: So, I, for the last, like, two decades, or whatever, I took it that that is her revealing that even when she was talking to Nauta, the glasses were fake.
3: It could have been that, but then why mention she wears contacts?
5: To fuck with Nauta and, like... She, she she has, is like creating realities that she can have control over. Like as part of that. It is forcing a intimacy in order to get control over him.
3: Perhaps. I looked at I looked at this and I read this as she's still wearing the contacts because like a politician, a politician's daughter in this case, wants to maintain her image. So this is for style. I don't really need them.
0: For yeah, or, for, use, or for the like character in the like as part of the costume for the characters. Right. Maybe yeah. even that.
5: Like, like, that's the thing. Unless it is, for some reason, specifically part of the character's costume,
0: why are it you wearing shouldn't. the glasses at all, then?
3: Yeah, it shouldn't have been. So, Because the way they depicted it, or the way it was, I feel as we, the audience, were led to believe there was no reason for her to be wearing glasses at all. Because the very fact she was wearing glasses when Naotel saw her in his room caught him off guard. It,
5: it's it's very... Still- It is very set up to be this moment of, like, okay, the fight has ended, everybody has grown a little. Because, like, we see it with Nauta. He is, A, there at the play, and he is in the costume of the sidekick cat, meaning that he has clearly, you know, done this same thing and has been like, well, you know what, this person is clearly... This is clearly a toxic relationship but I, that I'm in, but I'll be the bigger man and support them and give in to whatever they want. Mm, show morals. Let's we'll come back to that. Yeah. But like so you think, OK, maybe she is also this is just her also having this, you know, um, moment of personal growth. And what she's doing is she's coming clean about this. Like, OK, you know what? I need to stop putting up in a front. I need to start being more honest. And, and that'll be her growth. But then it's just not. It is just her. She is fucking with someone. But I don't know if it's Nauta. I don't know if it's the oh, it's... audience at the play. I don't know if it's us, the audience, watching at home. Those, that, those two words, they're fake in that shot has haunted me for the last 20 years because I still don't understand what. Is going on right there.
3: So, here, here was the fullness of my read on that. In addition to, like, oh, she's still wearing the contacts. She's trying to, you know, maintain her image or provide some kind of, like, defense of people realizing, ah, weakness, regardless of how it actually is, um, regarding the glasses. It's also showing that she's kind of a real human being because people do not change the next day with huge moral shifts in their personality or huge dynamic shifts in their personality at least not without some incredible impetus. Yeah. And in the way the show is, I don't think the, the robot experience was enough to call it a severe impetus. She is still at heart the daughter of a politician and has subconsciously maybe even consciously learned the behaviors of being a politician and so she, rather than being real, she will continue to be fake like a politician. Hmm. So that's why I say I. I this is my read on her. She will absolutely become the next mayor at some point in her life. Yeah. I.
5: Uh, yeah. I. It's. Mm, yeah. I. I, th- I think it's one of those like, I don't know. Maybe if I watch the show for one more time, something will become clear to me. But just not yet. Not with that one. Um,
3: again, where I won't give anything away, but where, she, where we see her later at the end of the six part OVA. And I think it's interesting. And I really think this is just part of like everyone else in this part of them growing up again, part of the
5: coming of age story factor. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's it for episode three. Um, where, oh God, how where do we go from here? Hey, Bob, what, what'd what you think? Let's That's let's, let's start with there.
3: Bob, what were your thoughts and feelings?
2: So I, because I only know these three episodes, I really do feel it's very coming of age that also happens to have robots and <laughs> aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you And do. a weird, ugly factory. As you do. Uh, I think looking at it from the point of kid growing up and all the different relationships he has that way, as well as his fellow classmates, it's not bad. As far as the robot fighting uh, episodes, it's not bad. I could work a little bit more on the, you know, mysticism. Otherwise, it would have had the trifecta.
0: We haven't even gotten two of the best characters in this show yet. Yeah, believe really? it or not. Really? Yeah, we're still... Yeah, guys love out. the best butt. <laughs>
3: the best butt is very good. Side note, do we need to start making an anime horses list? Because we've now had... It's, it's already one. started! We, horses list? we have one! We do!
5: It's yeah. on the list!
3: Hold on, I wait think a I made yeah. the joke! It's, hold on.
5: It's about that time <laughs> in the show where you need to pull up the list. Anyway. How, so. Hold on,
3: wait. How hard did I hit my head in the last three weeks? <laughs>
5: are. We are at...
3: Oh I'm my right. god, am, am I developing Alzheimer's? Don't know. I think no, this no is way. our
2: fourth horse, if we classify the Vespa as a horse.
0: Oh, it's time for an apocalypse then, you're just saying. Oh
5: wait, what's what's the fourth horse? I only got three on the list right now. Is it,
0: no, is it only is three is if we include the Vespa? I think I was, this is the
2: fourth.
5: Yeah. No, that's yeah. what I mean. Including this, I only had three. What's the fourth? Uh-oh.
2: I know we had the one from... We had Nebop. Uh, and, and we had Gundam. Uh, Gundam.
5: Yeah, that's Onyx and Funsaki, respectively.
2: Best horse okay, so maybe that Vespa is third. Okay. Uh, which I would put Vespa at two.
5: Okay. Uh, above
3: above Gundam Horse. Okay. <gasps> oh, Bob, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> this is how anime friendships end.
5: Okay, we now have official numbered ranking of horses going all right good
3: not one better than the other horses on here
2: (laughs) yes our our lists are robot waifu horses songs and shows
3: oh my god have i just i'm starting to really question my own reality like did something happen i've just forgotten a huge chunk of time
5: (laughs) maybe Uh, it's been piecemeal it's definitely been piecemeal over time
3: yeah so now here's a question i don't know we can have an answer on can we rate the OP for this? Because there's not really a definitive OP.
2: So OP. I, oh, I. I, What's OP? The opening opening song. Opening, opening song. Yeah. I put some thought into that before this. And. Yes and no. There is no theme song. However, but... I would put this at number one, easy. For songs. Uh...
5: This is. Well, well, I was so going to say, so if, there's, if there's going to be a representative, um, the. It's
0: right on the shooting star. Yeah, right? the ending <laughs> yeah. title is the sort yeah. of.
5: Okay. And it's,
0: it's just
2: amazing.
0: Yeah, the music like, I... list is incredible.
2: Little little insight into how I watched this one. It's I watched the show like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, on the drive home today because I had a two hour drive. I just listened to the show as a refresher. Mm. And I challenge you guys to just listen to this show.
3: Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. good because uh the, I'll, I'll let you know. I watched it yesterday, but I was listening to it in the background uh, twice already this throughout this, and that's why I had to sit down and watch it because I realized like, oh, I am starting to tune things out. But I would anytime the songs the the soundtrack started to play, I would find myself just kind of bobbing my head back and forth, or start starting moving in a little dancing in my chair, or actually get up and just kind of move around to the the beat of whatever was playing because it's so good.
2: They would just let the songs play. There are points where it's just the music.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the I think there's a... Uh, when you talk about FLCO and the sort of, you know, the soundtrack band, The Pillows, um, I think there's a direct comparison to be made with Cowboy Bebop and The Seat Belt, who did all the iconic songs for for that show. Like, the the... The band who is on the soundtrack is like as iconic, is as much a part of the characters of the show as anything else about it. The visual, the characters, it is like part of its identity. Um and also like like we've been saying all along, like the kind of music that they do, it's very Scott Pilgrim, very you wanna again, Manic Pixie Dream Girls, like it is very of an era, of a of a vibe, of a scene. Um uh-huh. So it is. It is kind of perfect. It is like the pieces all fit together perfectly. It is. It, this is like basically a period piece, but not like a period of time, but a period of people's lives. You know. Hmm.
2: Well, if you were to consider the outro, the opening sequence, which is kind of like a weird bend, and that would be up to us as a group.
5: Mm-hmm. I would I've, put it number one. I've already put it on there. That is above Outlaw which, Star through the night,
2: which knocks out our first goodbye
5: Let's that's start. right
0: <laughs> that's true
5: now uh arcane now we
0: have a top 10 that does not include some imagine dragons bullshit <laughs> so okay
3: this i will out myself on the podcast here now i don't really care one way or the other why does everyone hate uh imagine dragons so much
0: um
2: hey.
3: This is one thing like, I know. Just one day, it seemed to start happening, and I knew nothing about it, and I just chose. I it
0: mean, I think it. it's like a Nickelback thing, where like most of I was uh, exactly like...
2: going to reference Nickelback.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, but like no, that's enough for me. Thank you. Everything kind, of, <laughs> everything, kind of sounds the same to most people, and it's just like because I'll be honest, I haven't really
3: looked into a lot of other things. I just heard this one. Like, oh, this seems fine. Nothing special, but fine. <laughs> I, I think it's
5: so, one of yeah. those things where it's like it got overplayed. Like when, like when, sure, oh, definitely. What was? Uh, the first like one that got big radio play was um i'm waking Up to Ash and Dust. Yeah. Like Oh my
3: god, just hearing that. Yeah, it
2: does sound oh yeah oh. Because it's it's too much and ugh. It like they aren't whiny like nickel back, they're just way too common.
5: Yeah, I I think that's the thing is like that song when it first came out was pretty good it got a lot of radio play and then it got overplayed and then their follow-up songs
0: and referenced and
5: like were the... very yeah like that's, that's the thing the fact that they picked it for their title song is just like they became cliche i think that's more what it i don't think people hate them i think people ripping on them because they like became cliche
0: yeah it got fair. like memefied so much so yeah that
3: helps so I'm going to ask you guys this here, because Bob, I know I mentioned to Joe earlier with you around. So I already have your your 2023 Christmas present uh, picked out, but I have play a question. Tight. I know, right? Hey, uh, Nick and Joe, let me ask do you: Have a way to play vinyl? Yes, I have your
5: Christmas gift now. You do?
0: Oh, right, we do. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I bet you can't. Not, e- guess what
5: not it even is. that one. Must um, be a
2: phonograph. Start it... cranking them records
0: it's um but, yeah. secret devil music i won't lie <laughs> it's a wax cylinder <laughs> yeah. i mean that's cool
3: because i got curious enough because i kind of like bob and everyone else said this is really good and i i pride myself on my upstart hipster moment of having a vinyl collection mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we are not sponsored by right stuff anime but i go there frequently to buy things and for 40 bucks you can get the vinyl of the og vinyl uh fully coolly soundtrack by the pillows Ooh. with unlike the cowboy bebop soundtrack which completely disappointed song? me actually has ride a shoot right on the shooting star as its second track.
0: Yay
5: there is nothing more appropriate I've ever heard than the FLCL soundtrack on vinyl.
0: <laughs> yes that is, FLCL,
3: like, it has to be
5: there. Like I say it and it feels like I'm saying a tautology. It feels redundant right? but like wow
3: Everything about this, th- this mood, uh, because it's not. This is a mood. And this is a vibe. But FLCL is that, and, and arguably that is what it's stated to be in its own way. Yeah. Vinyl falls in it being a vinyl falls into that. It absolutely makes sense. This would have to be that way. Does
5: the is the vinyl? Okay. Yeah. Is the vinyl colored the same yellow as a Vespa with the P exclamation mark on I'm it? I'm
3: gonna break your heart. The vinyl uh-huh. the image, is straight black, the okay. casing, it's all black and white, though there is uh, some image insert imagery that does have color of Haruka and Mamimi um, next to the track list.
5: Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, um,
4: but it's
3: got some very well done sketch art of, I believe, I can't get a good look at it, that, that is supposed to be Haruka, or Haruko, excuse me.
5: Do we want to, while we're wrapping up, do we want to take another stab at what we think the takeaway from at least these yes. three episodes is?
3: Well, I don't know if I want to say just these three episodes, but I, here's the impression I'm getting based on these three
5: episodes. Um, well, 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 okay. Okay. Hang on a second. Okay. Bob. Yes. yes. you going to go ahead and watch the other three? Yeah. Uh Oh, are
2: we to this point?
5: Hmm. Yes. Well, well depending on the answer the next question is do you mind if we spoil it with discussion
2: (laughs) okay uh i'm going to flip the script of last week i would give this show a ranking of around seven and a half to eight i personally genuinely enjoyed it regardless (laughs) of how crazy it was i like the pop art the franticness i don't think i'm going to continue watching it Really?
0: Interesting. Even though
2: you are halfway through. Even though I'm halfway through, even though I think it's fantastic, it is just not for me. I think it is well written. Okay. My takeaway is that this is a coming to fruition in your... That's from a childhood to adult. I think they explain it well. I think they don't just keep it to the main protagonist, but to every single character. From the robot who's trying to build his future self to... His sibling, or his sibling, who I hope comes back at some point to talk to Mimi. Uh all of his female friends, even the jerks who mock him, I feel like probably are going to have some sort of transitional point. Uh, I hope.
3: Do you care if we spoil it then?
2: Oh, go ahead.
0: Okay. Um... <laughs> Sorry, oh I'm my trying God. to find. I cannot find a good. Shot. I was going to say even if I show you this, but I can't find a good shot of uh Haruko in the bunny suit with the guitar running up the arm of the gigantic robot,
5: which is very specifically a reference to the um, comic head opening animations that Gigan Gynax started with before they did Ava or anything like that. Like
3: we need to show that to Bob. There's our Patreon
2: goal.
5: Oh, interesting. Right.
2: <laughs> so, but yes, I think this is a great show. I just, I don't know it. I have no drive to see more of it, and it's hard to explain why.
5: No, you you know what? I think that makes perfect sense because, yeah. like, when this show hit TV, like for our generation, it, we were this age. We were yeah. somewhere between twelve and seventeen, basically. And so I think, like, for people who saw this show at that time, it nothing resonated harder. But to look at it and go back now, like like. I'm I'm really interested to, to like I am I am happy to hear such an interesting take from you because like yeah. you are somebody who did not have you are seeing this only in retrospect and I'm so interested that it's just like it it's not clicking you that is. way yeah like, like, I think that's I've totally lived fair that
2: point in my life oh, God, so to what see does it that again it's us? like I can I can see I can see what's happening oh uh, you have got a feeling of been there. So you know how the future is going to be. Mm. Kind of, not really. Not in this show. You can't say that definitively. But oh wow! Uh... Hey, uh, I'm
3: There's sorry. There's a lot at that... going on there, isn't there?
2: Yeah. At that being that being said,
5: uh... oh oh god, I forgot about the big boy.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. The big man. Looking at this, you can tell you start off just thinking this is gonna be a show about Haruka. or Harakuko.
5: It and doesn't his, matter. I know,
2: and him cute. growing up, but this is truly an ensemble show.
0: Yeah. You can see the two characters we haven't met yet in the bottom right, the the redhead and the, the blonde with the giant rifle. Yeah. Huh.
5: Yeah, and and like that's the thing, like n- now it's a story. Like it is about a whole bunch of like parallel story. Like every character is kind of having their own storyline, which is part of why it's so chaotic, but also part of why there's so much to unpack um, and so many things to follow and discover on subsequent viewings. But like, what the show does is, in episode six, the like conclusion of Haruko's spacefaring storyline does intertwine with. Nauta's coming of age storyline, in what I think is a real cop out way, but at least they yeah. are tied together.
3: And I think that's part of why I'm like, huh, because just a lot of the a lot of how it ends is just very interesting and part again something I want to discuss in the the thoughts the you know the after action report of this as a whole series. That,
2: that's where we're at.
3: So okay. <laughs> Spoiler warning for anyone listening that hasn't actually seen the whole series uh, of Fully Cooley, FLCO. So, oh, Bob, in the f- the following three episodes, we meet, and I honestly can't even remember their names now since I didn't have to write them down.
0: Mechanical uh, The redhead,
3: who has seaweed eyebrows, essentially. Commander Amaro. Amaro, thank you. Or and Amaro. his assistant.
0: And his um, uh, assistant, Lieutenant uh, Kitsurubami.
3: And Amaro is very aware of and seemingly familiar with Haruko.
0: Yeah, they're here for Haruko. Yeah, they're basically
5: s- space FBI, right? They yeah.
0: work for the Department of Interstellar Immigration. Yeah,
2: but she was an alien. Okay. Oh my yeah. God! It's
3: interstellar ice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Woof. Um. But so they're, they're after here her
0: to and... stop Haruko from doing what she's trying to do.
3: Yeah, and you learn there's a space pirate lord out there named Oh God, Adamus. Adamus. Thank you. I almost had it. Uh, Adamisk is out there. Gee, I wonder who Adamisk is. Um...
5: Okay, so the reason that <laughs> Naota's brain is not there uh-huh. is because... And so the the reason that Haruko was, like, searching all these different people and then finally lucked out and finding Nauta is because there is a... I'm going to say, quote-unquote, technology where basically, like, if... Both hemispheres of a person's brain work together in just the right way. They can basically open up a wormhole and tr- things can pass through. So, yeah. all of these robots are coming from far out in space and they are traveling through this wormhole in Naota's brain, which is why his brain's not there because it's just the portal and why they all come out of his head.
3: Oh. And she thinks either he is Atomisk, has already brought Atomisk through or has yet to bring Atomisk
5: through. Yeah, she she was looking for somebody who can do this brain portal to get her hands on Atomisk, the uh, pirate king. Ah, <laughs> he, he, space. he is a big bird space pirate king. He looks like Samus Aran's dad.
2: Yeah,
3: if
5: Samus
3: Aran's dad had a TV face.
5: No, no, no. That that's oh. that's Kanty. That's different.
3: That's Kanty. Yeah. I, th- I thought she called him Atomisk in the
5: because myth? At- Atomisk <laughs> might be a being of pure energy. So, like, so uh, every every time Kanty goes red after he eats Nauta, is yeah. because he is basically using he eats Nauta in order to use the portal in his brain, so Atomisk can channel through and take over. Uh, Conti. So whenever okay. Conti is red, it's not the robot, uh, or it is not the robot or Nauta controlling it and doing these heroic things. It is Space Pirate King Adamisk controlling okay. Conti in those moments.
3: I missed that fault line on the follow through. So okay, that helps. Uh-huh. Because Adamisk's weapon is a even better guitar.
5: Is another extremely specific model of guitar.
3: Yeah. The weapon of the of the space pirate king, Atomisk! and also Haruko is very much enamored with Adamisk.
5: Yeah, there's a thing where like she either wants to steal his power for her own, and she wants to be the pirate king, or she just has the hugest crush on him. Either way, her thing is to like get to Adamisk.
3: Have you ever loved someone so much you wanted to be them?
5: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Like, merge with them. Um, A la John Carpenter's the thing.
2: I can't say that that particular emotion has come through me. I feel not like that I'm trying to keep shame saying anyone, but yeah, not for me. I
0: thought she was just trying to manifest him. I like, think she's really trying to manifest him. Because, like, Medical Mechanica has him, is using him for something.
5: I think so yeah. apparently the robot canty was built in order to like go track him or is it, I, yeah. listen there's a lot of stuff that is only so okay they the just lore is weird recently like within the last couple of years they released seasons s- plural two and three I was gonna say plural seasons two of uh f l c l because they are progressive and alternative and there's and also two more are coming. Two more yeah. are coming and they are going to continue that haruko Adamisk line in some way while also still being like Dung's romans of some random kids. There's this, which, and so, okay, so what's that time gap? We want to talk about shows where a season two didn't have to be made. What are we looking at with the time gap between FLCLs? Uh, I believe it was
0: 2018. This, uh, 2018. Cool, and 2018. the next two are coming this year
5: oh boy but yeah so like between that and i think when they did the manga adaptation part of why it was changed was also to sort of like fill in some of these specifics about what is actually going on that
0: yeah let me read you the first paragraph of um atom's uh er, section in the character oh please do uh i I, he's saying his name is so hard it's hard to get the mm-hmm um atomsk also known as the pirate king due to his no channel enabling him to steal entire star systems is an enigmatic energy being in the form of a phoenix-like creature with a nose ring identical to the metal ring that haruko's bracelet has which allows her to detect his presence which is why sometimes it was rattling whenever like when (laughs) that makes sense yeah um His power to manipulate space made him sought by both Haruko and Medical Mechanica, the latter having successfully captured him before the events of the first season. His bass guitar is a Gibson. Um, Amaro assumed that Atomsk was a human. Uh, Haruko's goal was to devour him and take his power for herself.
3: Okay. Sure. It's just, yeah, the way they play it in, like, episode five is that, like, (laughs) when it ends with her holding. Conti Adamus close to her was very, in us the viewer with a very arguably undeniable I mean, impression obsession, that she, she loved him. Obsession yeah.
0: goes a lot of ways.
3: To be fair, <laughs> she, maybe her Harley Quinn moment of, I love you, give me your power.
0: Oh
5: boy. Oh, oh, hang on. So she got Joker. She's a Joker. No.
3: Oh my God, she is.
5: She, she's like a dog chasing a car. She wouldn't even know what <laughs> to do if she caught it.
3: I don't know. She seems like she has a good idea.
5: Mm, I don't know. She's either going to eat Adamisk or make love to him.
3: Okay. No, los both. You know? It's the order of which happens that really should concern you.
5: Okay. So we have rated this. <laughs> on... Oh, uh, the okay. So the right. The takeaway of this show. Either I just think for the it's first. a coming of age. But, but it's a coming of age, but like what it. So the last three episodes, we keep talking about now has to swing the bat, which is basically mm-hmm. like the catchphrase to mean like you have to.
0: Gotta step up to the plate.
5: You have yeah. to make a decision, I guess? It's like what. Yep. You have to pick something. That you want True. to pursue, right?
3: True maturity means following through, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Making a decision and seeing it through.
5: I mean, again, for, the way positioning it for yeah. for something from Studio Gynax, it makes sense that this is sort of like a. It would later be translated as "He mustn't run away," um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a good. Jo- that was a joke. Of, that was a laugh of recognition. All right, um, but like. Again, I I think so much of this show, I think that doesn't make sense to look at that as, like, to take away from the show. Because if we look at the show, he knows what he wants throughout most of the show, which is just to not be the whipping boy of everybody else working through their own problems. Like like, Like, even in these first three episodes, when he's, like, ditching the school play or, you know... Like he's doing it through a lot of ditching and you can be like, Oh, that's running away. But like so much of that is like, no, he knows what he wants is he wants to have like agency over himself. That is a very mature thing to want. Um, And the idea of like, no, you gotta, you gotta pick one of these girls to say you love. It's like, that's what you're going to think like maturity is like, and that's why I think it is this weird thing of like, it's actually a story about, it's actually a story about consent because it's just like it would be kind of a harem show because so many girls want him for one toxic reason or another but like he does kind of have his choice of girls and but the thing is like he doesn't want to pick any of them but then when you get to the end if swing the bat is the like make your choice it's like no his choice was he doesn't want any of them so right. I, I get this weird read from the end of the show that it's like the moral of the show is like it doesn't matter if you want any of them it matters that you pick one and follow through and i'm like no he at the start of this show i feel like he had like a a healthier sort of motivational standpoint than at the end
3: so hear me out
5: okay I, I would I, think, I would love to hear anything.
3: Sure. So so when I say from my perspective, yes, it's about maturity. Swing the bat means take you know take some action. Take mm-hmm. take in a sense control direction of your life. Don't just complain. Don't just know what you want. Do something. Doesn't matter what anything. Just do something. Consequences in this case be damned because we're going with generality here. But to be specific, he makes a decision, arguably, as when we see the end of the series. He's not real. yes uh... – oh my god, her name just escaped my head. I know that Ari, uh the politician – Nina up. Mori. Nina Mori, thank you. Um, she's hanging out with him and his friends, and they share a drink at one point, but he doesn't give it really any thought other than I am sharing a drink with a person. In his behavior. Um, I believe the decision he'd make it was, it was more to act, to be who he wants to be, not just say, I know who I want to be, but to actually commit to the bit. So he's not choosing a role. He's choosing, and this is where I think part of the coming of age also, especially as we discussed it, I started to think, it's avoiding repeating cycles. Because we see a lot of cycles kind of hmm. getting – people getting stuck in them. Um, Mamimi getting stuck in the cycle of, I have this affection for this one person while well, they're gone. Well, I have to keep showing affection to someone. She's addicted to a feeling and she keeps repeating it to keep having it because it's how she copes. you uh, know, Mori, she is repeating the cycle of her father's behavior to a degree. Uh, so there's that. We have Haruko in her own way, repeating the cycle of searching mm-hmm. <laughs> for the pirate King until she gets the result she wants. If we look at uh, Nauta, we see him and we see his father and arguably his grandfather before him. Both seem kind of relatively less desirable ends of a journey. Sure, his uh, his father living. He is the otako who grew older but not wiser necessarily.
5: And his grandfather is the old man who reads Hustler all day.
3: Yeah, he is the sex pest in his own way. He he is a product of his era, and boy, is he a product of it. Sure. Um, and Guy acts much like another sh- a studio, much like a show later we'll talk about, mm-hmm. <clears throat> really likes to take shots at otaku and the otaku lifestyle. And I think what we're seeing here is the choice, the swinging the bat of, boy, oh, gonna be like your father and your grandfather and just not really grow out of who you are? Or are you going to take some agency actually act on the agency you say you want and be different. Grow up. Be grow up in its definition of growing mature, as opposed to, ha, I really I'm gonna write my thesis on Ava uh part to on the rebuild movies now. Like <laughs> my father before me.
5: That makes a lot of sense the idea of like looking at it as like breaking cycles i think that makes yeah. a lot of sense cuz like while he and the idea of like like i i do feel like that's um all right looking at it one way like mm-hmm. That is, it's weird because that's what he kind of wants to do. But you can look at it as, like, yes, all he has at the beginning is, like, he can complain about it. He can try to, you know, run away from conversations or whatever. Like, he doesn't have very effective tools for, you know, following through on his actions. But, like, part of that is because he's a 12-year-old with all of these non-mature adults in his life. Um, Or just, you know, the idea of, like running away is different from running towards your own goal um right. but like even even at the end of episode one like because we have the bookend of the uh sour drink um uh what do you call it soda or whatever yeah the the indirect kiss thing because yeah. like at fir- like the first time he's just like staring at it and i don't think he ever drinks it But then the episode ends with him like staring at it and then just like, you know, Space Marine chin and just says, All right, I'm doing this. Followed by episode two, where he's like, I've decided to say what. Like he is making decisions and trying to act on his own decisions the entire show. So it's weird to me that it's like, No, he hasn't actually done it till the end when he seems to be kind of doing it all along.
3: i would argue that early on it's him not sure what to do so acting mm-hmm. whereas throughout the series as he experiences the events that occur and encounters the scenarios he does he learns what he doesn't like about the performative nature of that he's doing these things but he's still arguably not happy
5: right like and like i he's...
3: think through the first five episodes we see him def- kind of us understand like ah this is why I am not happy, and in the sixth episode, he gets the power of the great space King, which is essentially taking a hold of the ultimate power one can have themselves, their agency acting for themselves, doing acting on their own instincts, desires, and motivations symbolically
4: mm-hmm.
3: as such, I would say what this is representative of is him figuring out who he wants to be as a person going forward and that he doesn't want to repeat cycles, be a crutch or um, prop up other people's, you know, false bravado, uh, not bravado, what's the word I'm looking for? F- uh, false facades. They're facades of who they are. He wants to be him. Yeah. It, and we, at least in these three episodes, we dealt that. We also dealt with possibly getting used or misdirected by, Exterior powers of government. And uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to do that. He wants to live for himself and not be part of a cycle. That's the power. He's breaking that cycle. And he's figured that out. Because, again, in the last episode, sure he he shares the drink with a uh, politician's daughter. Name escaped me again. Nina Mori. Nina, Nina Mori. Wow, I just can't hold on to her name to save my life.
5: I, I can only get it when you forget it. It's like a yin-yang kind of thing.
3: And... He, he shares the drink with Nina Mori in the last episode. And it, it's, there's no, there's no even a, a hesitation because when you think of it, the hesitation is, okay, what do I do? Whereas he takes a drink from her after it's offered and just has a drink because this is normal. It means nothing more to him than just having a drink. He's not letting other people's interpretations or expectations decide what I, this action means for him.
5: I think that may be what it is because, because like n- now, as you're explaining it, I'm thinking like, the things that he quote unquote decides on in most of these episodes are to fit into whatever role the people were asking of him of. Like that's the whole thing with he's in the shadow of his brother, he is uh Nina Mori's cat, he is uh you know the replacement for his older brother for Mamimi, he is uh the link to Adamisk for Haruko he is all of these things. And up until the end, everything he picks, he says like, all right, I'll do It is like, like he feels like giving into what these other people want is, is maturity. Like that is, he's like, Oh, I feel bad now. Let me, d-. but then the last one is, he's like, no, I am going to pursue what I, I am going to agree to what I want to do. Not just to sort of, uh, uh I I am going to create my you know, own oh my role God. Yeah, I'm going to create my own expectations for myself and stick to those instead of agreeing or disagreeing from the roles that everybody else has set out for me, which is like funny because in a lot of ways, the whole swing the bat thing is still referencing to him and being in the shadow of his baseball player brother. So it's just like, oh, no, the best thing that he could do is to not swing the back, but to like kick the ball, you know, like that would actually be kind of an amazing twist. Um. And
3: I would even say there is a line, a through line here in addition to that of all these people, his actions, you could argue, are he's motivated to help others. But how can he help others if he doesn't even know how to help himself? Mm. This is the moment where he figures out, I have to take care of myself if I am really going to be helpful to anyone else. And that's that that realization, I believe, can be that turning point or that catalyst for taking charge of one's life.
5: Well, so so that's the thing that gets me about that moment of him, you know, swinging the bat or whatever. Is like he he confesses his love to Haruko, mm-hmm. and like it, it's it's like one thing where it's like okay, he is he is doing this thing. He is you know deciding on his own path. He is meeting. He is building a role for himself. But that's where I I still get a little twisted because it's just like okay, but he is still like double like what he's doing is doubling down on like maybe the most toxic relationship that he's been involved in here like i well, don't i don't think that's a good out like he is lucky that then you know his brain bridge breaks out. and haruko moves on like
3: hear hear me out okay and this is a this is a very hard lesson i had to learn at one point just because you love someone or have feelings for them doesn't mean you keep them in your life because they can be Incredibly toxic people; they can mm. be incredibly damaging to your life. But you know, maybe getting that out, saying the thing, it's like, "Okay, I've said this. Now that it's out there, we move on," because it doesn't have to be a romance mo- comedy moment or a- an absolute romance trope of "I've said it, and now I'm just in love with you." I have said the thing. Now I can move on because I have accomplished it. Because for some people, that it, not even saying it is a regret. <clears throat> it can right. be a real thing people get hung up on he said okay I've done it I pulled the trigger I swung the bat I I swung for the fences and I told her how I feel and that didn't stop it fine we're still going through with this and I guess my feelings for her are just going to be something that get lost as collateral going forward to save the day in this instance in order for him to save himself to become someone he wants to be and break the cycle
5: I like that a lot um, Because that absolutely is true and is a very healthy thing to learn. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember the read being that, like, he is still a 12-year-old. Like, if he is gaining the maturity to be able to just, like, admit to himself what his feelings are, I don't think he can do the full... Rumpelstiltskin gambit of giving it a name gives me control over it, and that includes get, letting me be able to let it go. Like, I That's think
3: suspension of disbelief kicks in,
5: I, I guess, but I, I just still always read it like, no, he is thinking this is the path I want to go down because he is still like an immature, stupid boy. Uh, mm-hmm. As much as it is like, you know, I, I think the, the way that it shakes out is just like he admits it. And then Haruko leaves, and then it's just like, okay, but he did admit it, so he is better able to process the losing it then, so it is, like, still healthier. But, like, man, if she didn't leave, like, if, if she still had a reason to hang around him, oh, that would have been the worst thing for him. That would have messed him up so much more than the way it actually shook out.
3: And arguably... Just because he's figured out what he, in a sense, needs to do, which is take it, take you know actual action in his life, doesn't mean he's figured out what that looks like or, sure. or what the right direction is. He's just figured out, ah, if I am going to – and arguably talking about losing things, everyone else is processing a loss of some kind and not handling it well. Arguably, he has learned how to handle loss of something. In this case, loss of something you love. I mean, we, we don't need to keep kicking the dead horse. That is Mamimi and what she lost. Sure. And you know, Mori, hi, got it, Um, lost the family, the the dynamic that she grew up, the love of a stabi- stable home, and, and the perfect dynamic, as it were, the picture-perfect dynamic, realizing it was all a facade. Again, my favorite word of the day. <laughs> um. So... He is, and arguably, I'm sure his, uh, Nauta's father and grandfather have lost something. I mean, his mom's not in the picture, nor is his grandmother, for many different possible
0: reasons. They're all, yeah, they're also missing, uh, his brother.
3: And, and, correct, yes, his brother, thank you, because I forgot that part too, and my point, (laughs) thank you for helping me find it. And like,
0: like, uh, specifically the grandfather, um. Is the one who like really latched onto the to his older brother for his, mm-hmm. uh, baseball because he loves baseball, and he didn't
3: um, like uh, Mamimi hanging around him,
0: right? And he can he's kind of like considers his his son and Nauta to be failures, yeah, little failures because they're not also into baseball and,
3: and, and arguably like, even Nauta losing his brother <clears throat> is loss he still had to also come to terms with because now he's in front and center in the eye of his grandfather and father, yeah. So everyone here has handled loss poorly. Haruko losing her ability to find what she wants out of the Space King and its Eldritch nature. Um, So to to this to this point, he's he's in a sense figured out in a sense rejection, loss. He's figured out how to process that, and that's one of the key pillars, especially when you look at how a lot of otaku are portrayed. Mm. They don't really get, and arguably a lot of people really have struggled with, with rejection. I mean, think of how many times someone is depicted or even in your own personal lives i'm not going to assume so let's just say maybe you have maybe you haven't dealt with that feeling of oh what what if so-and-so doesn't share this feeling or they're not like they are not they aren't like how i expected them to be or won't react to whatever i have to say of them romantic or otherwise also
0: like even in just with otaku even in the case of their relationship with the media they consume like mm-hmm. they, they are not good yeah. The of Oh yeah the they, don't handle, <laughs> they don't
3: handle endings well um
5: which like i'm just like everything we're saying now i'm just really realizing like these are kind of i think this is part of why like everything studio gainax ends up being like so strong and so like strongly received is just continuing ideas of just like oh they deal with these things that are like very resonant to like otaku and just like people who do have like mental and emotional struggles yeah um which, like and, knowing what I've known about, you know, uh, Hideo Akayano and all of that, like, okay, that's it's because it's cut. Like, the, it's it's been shown that like a lot of the shows that like he makes or works on are like also him working through his own personal troubles. It's like making yeah. art as a form of therapy, and like, y- you know what, I I I'm now way higher on this show with, with the idea is just like yeah no the big resolution at the end is actually just like first baby step are things actually better probably not but does somebody have a, a taken a baby step yeah, yeah like, that's that's the is victory to um yeah yeah so celebrate small victories
3: so I, I think arguably listening to us talk about it has helped me kind of figure it out because like i said there was something there and i couldn't grasp onto it but i think as we discussed this, that kind of helped me figure out itself. Like, what is the message here? Oh my God, baby, I am as smart as I think I am. <laughs> oh, there we go. Stroke the ego. Yes.
5: Fantastic. Oh.
3: But yeah, I, I think that's what we're dealing with. And again, like you said, Gynax absolutely loves to deal with us, though. I need to talk to you about Darling and the Franks because I think we might have the one. <laughs> Not everyone's a hit.
5: That's, that would be interesting. I haven't actually seen it.
3: I'll we'll talk about it later. Yeah, well,
5: okay, we'll come around to that. Because, uh, yeah, what is it? There's there's two things left on our, our list oh, before wow. we can officially draw this episode to a close.
3: Yeah, one of them is my favorite.
5: Uh, hey, Bob, how is your, uh, okay. what are you currently watching? How's that going? You still on Elif yeah, uh, Star? I am
2: so far not caught up on anything.
3: <laughs> All right, fair enough. I not gonna lie. season two, the season we make Bob commit... Yeah. Oh boy!
2: That would but, be like me opening up and you know uh, almost three science theatering,
5: watching episodes or something. Yeah, I was going to say what if we
0: just watch things together.
5: I I believe we were going to end up doing that before the show is over. Um, I, I concur. I have a
3: thought on that? We'll, we'll talk we'll about,
5: about it later. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. And then last thing is before we call the show done. Uh, We have to pick the show we're going to talk about next time.
0: Well, Absolutely. good news. There's only one left in this category.
5: Oh, God, that's right. Down to one? I
2: thought we were down to two.
0: We were, and then you picked Fully Cooly.
3: Okay. Oh, yeah, we really are down to
0: one. Uh, So the last show in our late-night tsunami tier will be Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex.
5: You didn't read the thing.
0: The funny <sighs> title. This is a cyborg stream of existential philosophical conundrums, also known as the major has existential dread and a big old booty. You got a big old booty. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Oh god! So this isn't it. Ghost in the
2: Shell. It's uh.
3: No, this is Ghost in the Shell. This show. is the show. Yeah.
2: Okay, it's not your uh, OVA.
3: It's not the movie. It's not the bastardization starring Scarlett Johansson.
2: Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that one.
3: And it's not the thing that's on Netflix. Do not watch that.
4: <laughs>
0: Got I have a question. Yeah. I have an answer. Because we have a list of uh, android waifus. Are we talking she does. cyborgs? As androids for this purpose, okay. Cyborgs are not androids. I. That's why I'm asking. Are we making it robot waifus, or are we making
2: it? Why? Well, you are way too excited for this. Yes. Yes. Why? (laughs) Yes. Listen. I think I know. know Isn't this a robot lady? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, listen. I've (laughs) seen the commercials for the movie when it came out, and people apparently did not like the movie.
0: Well, for one thing, they cast Scarlett Johansson as a Japanese woman, so...
3: So, okay. I'm not that guy to defend their decision, but at least there is a line of logic that can arguably be made for it. I'm not saying I support it. I'm just saying.
4: Oh, boy. Because
3: it's the brain, and arguably with the plot they present, it kinda can work. Sure. Again, I'm not saying it's great, I'm just saying.
0: They shouldn't have.
3: I agree, i agree
5: oh my okay so anyway (laughs) in in our back channel chat we will discuss some definitive definitions of things that we can allow onto or (laughs) dismiss from lists uh Uh, but we will do that in the meantime uh so uh until the next time you hear from us uh thank you everybody for hanging out and listening and uh hope to see you next time
0: go listen to the pillows uh, swing for the- Deep in the Weaves is a show by Chuck, Nick, Joe, and Bob. Our theme music is Kawaii Friends by C. coddy 3 You can find our show on YouTube, or subscribe to the audio only version on iTunes or wherever podcasts are served.
5: Does this show have a uh, anything we can say in unison for the outro and then realize that we didn't watch an episode where they said it?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean swing the back kind of house, but I think they did say it in one of at one point in these episodes.
5: This show is so dense. This show is unfairly <laughs> dense.